I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Just when it looked like everything was done and settled about a month ago, we've got a bit of controversy at the bottom end of the top eight box head. We do. It was always going to happen, I reckon. Um, it just never seems to go as predicted. That's why we don't look at draws, my friend. I kind of get that, but at the same time, honestly, we, you, you were in agreement with me at least a month ago, as were most people, that it looked like at least six or seven teams were locked in and there was only one spot left. But Well, I still think there is only one spot left. Who, who else are dropping out? Well, the Cowboys, again, I don't agree with it. They're not dropping out. People last week were still thinking they're going to drop out. I think 12 is still enough to get in. Yeah. And I don't see them losing all their games, regardless of how hard the draw is. They're more reliable than Canberra and a lot of these teams on a week-to-week basis, which is why I still think they're going to find a win. Yeah. Um, and I've already had a couple of messages. More than happy to eat humble pie if Canberra get in. I still stick by what I said last week, though. They're going to need to win all their games, in my opinion, to make the finals. Mm. And if they do that, good on them. But I stick by what I said last week. And it's more... I guess out of disappointment, and I think I highlighted that last week, for them and Penrith, they shouldn't be in this position in the first place. Yeah. Which is half the reason I went on the rant that I did, but uh, I stick by it. And anyone that said that Manly and Brisbane were going to be out, well, you should give yourself a triple now. I've confirmed that well and truly. They're both in. Yeah. But only realistically, again, mathematically, it's only Cowboys and they have to lose every single game. I don't see it happening. But set of six kicking us off, as we always do. Uh, The first one here, short. Sweet, and I'm sure you're going to agree with me. We keep talking about it, Bulldogs fans. I'm sorry, the Des has a talk all of it, but honestly, it's got just got to end. Just fire him. Yeah, time just to go, him. There's no more excuses. Oh, he's trying to fix it. I heard the other day, I think Kenty said it, and I don't really agree with that, that he probably did some bad contracts trying to hold on that team to keep the premiership window open. It was never open with the halves they had. Simple. No. They got to those grand finals, I get it, but not only did they not evolve and they kept all those guys around, they never fixed the one thing that they really needed to. They didn't have a dominant half. Well, yeah, that's right. That's the one yeah. piece that was missing in both those grand finals. Chris Keating wasn't beating the Melbourne Storm. Nope. And then the second time around, uh, who was the hardest player in that grand final? Hodkinson was steady with, Re- Reynolds, yeah. with Reynolds. But that, again, it wasn't a halves combo that was going to beat that south side that was red hot. Mm. I think the one thing that was missing in both those was a dominant half. And they've never addressed that problem. Yeah. Um, they've done some bad contracts. That's fine. They haven't evolved their style of play. Their forwards think they're halves. Their halves think they just fly around the field and do nothing. Uh, they've got it all backwards. He's, it's a bastard style of play. That's right. It's his fuck-up. It's game over. I'm not talking about this again. This is the last time I'm going to mention it. But from what we saw the other night and the effort and the attitude, just full stop, it's done. Yeah, go. I'm sick of it. Just See fire him. You've got well, enough money, Cameron. I'm sick of people talking about the clauses and maybe wait for this long because of money and this and that. The Forget only clause that. they should be hoping for is Santa Claus. That's right. 
forget clauses and that. You've got plenty of money. Sack him. Get a new coach. Yeah. Simple. And next year, foreign and Woods aren't fixing anything because that roster is still well, not good enough. got to get that over the line as well. Well, even foreign's not fixing the problem they got now, though. That forward pack's not laying the platform for a good half like him to be able to do the job he needs to do. No, they're not. And Woods is not going to fix that forward pack. So, mm. move on. Uh, number two, Ben Hunt and the Broncos. Obviously, like most, probably last week, we thought... Um, you know, it was going to be pretty hard for them to win the comp, and that was a massive, massive blow. Yeah, he played well the other night, but I'm sticking by my guns again, uh, and you'd probably agree with this because you're a Titans fan. You guys were disgusting. Yeah, that's as bad as I uh, think I've ever seen him play. I'm taking nothing off Ben Hunt. He played almost 100 games off the bench before he got to start at half when Wayne Bennett turned up, and some of those are at nine. He is yeah. a robust build. He is a good run of the football, and he's a strong defender. But I'm still not sitting here right now off last week when everyone fell over themselves going, oh, how good was Ben Hunt? Yeah. Because the Titans were awful. If they play the Sharks this week, power of the week after that, and they show some good signs, maybe I'll have a little bit of hope. But we're still talking about Melbourne. I know the Roosters lost on the weekend. A couple of these teams, um, you know, forward, better forward packs and also him playing at nine, I think against better opposition. You can't sit here right now and still say that I'm sold after that performance. Yeah. So I think everyone needs to pump the brakes a little bit after that Titans game. Because they're on Mad Monday already. Uh, they're on the plane. Yep. Tackle three, Storm. Two wins clear now after the Roosters lost. They won again. They play the Roosters this week. There is the possibility that Melbourne go for the jugular this weekend at home, win, and on four and against, they could lose their last three games. They're not losing the minor premiership. Top two is locked in. If that is the case, and there's different ways, I suppose, to look at this, do you rest players? Well, they will. It's just a matter of when, not if. So this is the question that, man, you were talking about before. Everyone out there, you can give us your opinions later on if you agree or you disagree, but in my opinion... Um, I would rest the two weeks after. Yeah, we and play then have, Souths. Have and, a run into the finals. That's right. We yeah, play. I tend to agree. We play Souths and Newcastle, and Cameron Smith still playing. You know, he looked a little bit ginger the other night. Him, Cronk, anyone that's got an injury. If Munster plays this week, but his ankle still doesn't feel great, I, I'd honestly rather us run with Croft, Hughes, or Jacks than playing this week. Mm. Anyone that's got a niggle, if Tohu Harris doesn't feel good, I'm not playing any of them against Souths or Newcastle in yeah. 24, 25. Yeah, and I'm coming back last round. Against Canberra, trying to have a run in. Who are possibly going to have to be playing last round if they do win out because they're going to need to. Where's that game? Is That's that game? in Melbourne. It's in Melbourne. Yeah. Okay. And I'd rather have a tough game before finals. Yeah. And put my players back in. Other people may sit and go, oh, "Well, you risk injury. Well, you're going to risk injury if you're playing the next two weeks as well, mm. and then rest last round." So I don't really think there's a good way around it. But I'd probably give those two average games that don't really mean much to Croft and Brandon Smith and any of these guys, and I'd rather play Canberra in the last round. Yeah. That's my opinion. agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I honestly think if if for Canberra, I think they'd be hoping the opposite if they do win out. That Melbourne want to rest last round, and if they do win out, give them the opportunity to win that fifth game and possibly get into the finals, which is might come down to four and against, mm. which is crazy. But um, yeah, I, I'd be resting the next two weeks. That's just me. Tackle four, and this one's basically for you, Neil Henry. We spoke about it a few times. You hear. The, uh, the rumours from Gossip last week that the Warriors were taking a look at him. We've heard things all year. The play group aren't happy more because he can't control Hayne and there's a different set of rules. And then he was obviously punishing them in the hope to make Hayne realise you're hurting your teammates. And obviously Hayne didn't really give two shits. He's just worried about Hasn't himself. sunk in, yeah. But the whole group, you hear bits and pieces. The way they're performing right now obviously isn't great. Uh, I didn't think he recruited too badly and they've obviously had some injuries, so that hasn't helped. But from what you've seen the last couple of weeks, what you've seen this year, do you cut the cord? Yeah, and I, if you do, who are you getting? Which is half the problem we've had when we've talked about any coaches moving on right now. Well, it's to the point now where I think it is almost untenable. 
it, it doesn't look good. Uh, the players certainly aren't putting in. Um, they're not... Well, their efforts just deteriorated. And we had a game against Penrith that we could have definitely won, uh, that we drop the ball in, then come home, get beat by the Tigers. Uh, and that's a game again. We flogged them out at Campbelltown only a month before that. Uh, and then we lay an egg like that against Brisbane. So... Yeah, I, I just don't know. And then the second part of your question is that, that's the only thing that probably makes me not come out and sack him is because there's no one really there to replace him. So well, I, I don't know. I, I, the club is in a really, really bad place. The next man up, and I've said his name a million times, and again, I'm only going off what I've seen in juniors and, and the people that have hired him would be Jason Demetria, but I don't think he'd leave the Broncos because mm. from all reports, that deal with them was more so getting him ready for that chair in a year or two. And I'm not saying the Titans job's not a good job. But if you're going to take over Brisbane well, in a year or better, two... It's not as good as a Brisbane. You know you're going to have third parties, unlimited spend, well, and, and, well, and you'd be, so. you're going to be in a powerful position. Yeah. And he's had to move, like he, which is why he did this deal for three years, four or five times in the last couple of years, doing assistant jobs, doing state league jobs for St. George, up there with North Queensland, etc. Yeah. So he's the next man up for me. Like Most people wouldn't even know who he is. If there's going to be a new person getting a coach, I couldn't recycle coaches anymore. There's no one out there that I'm interested in. Yeah. But I don't think they can get him. And I don't think I'd leave because I'm pretty sure he's on a decent whack yeah, for an I'll, assistant and that chair is ready and I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be leaving. So now I'm, I'm a bit like you. I, as much as I'm looking at it, and I think the group thing may be a bit fractured and the Jared Hayne move was a bad move and I don't think that can change a whole lot for next year, which, you know, isn't there isn't going to be a whole lot of change next year roster-wise. Um, no, and that's what I look at and go, well... I just don't know where they go, for, who they go to. I don't think anyone fixes it. No. So I, I'm with you. I, I think they have to stick it out most likely just because of who you can hire. And then I've heard arguments from people say, well, if other guys get sacked, I'd hire Desi. No. Yeah. I'm not hiring Des to come up there. And you're going to have to pay an absolute... No way. Oh, if that, if that happened, oh. I'd so, I'd stop supporting the Titans. If they hired Des Hasler, I'd stop supporting the Titans. Yeah, well, that was the calls there. And there was a few people at Dragons fans who brought that up. Any Dragons fan that wants Des Hasler to coach after what you've seen this wow. year, uh, I think you need to give yourself a triple. Yeah. Unless he completely reinvented himself. But what you've seen the last couple of seasons, I wouldn't be hiring Des Hasler. Hmm. He needs to have a break, if anything and completely reinvent himself and watch some games and sit back and change his whole yep. thesis on football before he takes another job. Uh, tackle five. The offhand Gowie tackle. Honestly, you watch Super League. There's people on our uh, who listen to our show that watch the Super League. I reckon that's close to a send-off. If, like, again, I know it's In basically... In Super League, it is a send-off. It's basically dead, but some of the head highs we've seen, the Soliola one, things you've showed me from Super League where people get binned or sent off. Um, if it's a grade three charge, he was up for five weeks. He's taken the early guilty plea straight away. Smart, I think, because I don't think he would have beaten it. He's got three weeks on a guilty. Things like that, like I said, to me, are at least 10 in the bin or a send-off. Yeah. But, again, it kind of went unnoticed. And I'm like, oh, that was a bad tackle. He might be in a bit of trouble. Mm. But that's just, yeah, a couple of weeks in a row now I've looked and thought, well, what, what does it take to get you put in the bin? Yeah. Oh, man. What? I don't know. The rules, there's no real consistency in what's a send-off, what's a sin-bin, what's, you know, even what's a penalty. We're too days. scared, it's... though, to ruin the game. That's the problem. The Look, thing... the, simple, the simple fact is, is that was a horrendous tackle. He got, he's going to get five weeks for it. And, look, I know it was late in the game. It, it would have had nothing to do with the result. But that that's irrespective anyway. If the tackle warrants to be sent off, it shouldn't matter what minute it is, send him off. Like I think it would have been an easy send-off if they did it because the game was done. Um, I, I just think if you go on report, you should almost have 10 in the bin. I, there's got to be some sort of reward for, yeah, for it's fair the play. team that it's against. 
Like We've got the system backwards. We snap someone quickly the other week when they tackle someone inside 10 because it's a pro foul, which is fine. But something like that endangering a player and you just get a penalty and put a report. And then you get a five-week charge. Well, we saw it in the, we saw it in the game after that, in the Canberra... Canberra Canola game. Uh, Canberra game. Um, Papali, ten, Papali got ten in the yeah. ten in the bin. So, but if we're willing to punish that because it's a pro foul, endangering somebody and a five week charge, like I said, yeah, early, yeah. Guilt, early guilty plus three, it's a good whack. If that doesn't warrant at least ten in the bin, something, it does. any kind of punishment for that, or solely all the week before, like, yeah. there was plenty of time to make that decision. Yeah, um, that's more what I'm getting at. And we, I, I've been watching a little more Super League. They don't hold back. If you do something, hey, the refs over there are fifteen times better than ours. If you do something like that, it's just bang. Yeah, see you later. Have ten or go for a spell. Like it's that's it. Yeah, it's plain and simple. But like I said, well, the other one was uh, James Roberts threw a punch, didn't well, get Simbin. There's no consistency. I, on I any think of there's it. been a few. There was a slap as well on Thursday night. I think Clemmer slapped someone at a, at a play the ball. Yeah, didn't get Simbin. I've yeah, I've lost all confidence. I'm the same as the coaches. It's yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I do have a problem with know. ref bashing after the game's over. I'll, I'll wait to uh, speak about that. But, yeah, I just thought that was something to bring up. And tackle six, this is more similar to what I did last week. I had my little rant about the draw, how things were going to play out, this and that. Still completely stick by what I said. Anyone that thought that Brisbane, Manly, saying like they're in trouble, Cowboys are in trouble. But on the Cowboys side of things, I think you're still relying on them losing every game. Yeah. I can't see it happening. No, me either. Uh, in particular, if you look at their draw... Uh, who have I got down here? Penrith at home, Cronulla. Oh, sorry, Penrith away, Cronulla at home, Tigers away, Broncos. I can at least see him winning the Tigers game, which takes him to thirteen. Yeah, absolute worst case scenario. It's going to come down to four and against, and that depends on other results. Yeah, that's saying that Canberra have to win all their games, and they're going to have to play Penrith, who are also trying to keep winning. And Penrith this week played the Cowboys. Need to win that game to stay too clear to make sure they have a two-game buffer before they play Canberra who are trying to take their spot in the eight or hoping for the Cowboys to keep yeah. losing. Um, then you've got the Dragons, who have completely fallen off the bandwagon. Um, they've got some winnable games, but that doesn't well, really... Well, they should have won that on Friday. It doesn't really seem to have mattered because they've lost three of the last four to teams near the bottom four. Yeah. Um, but the Titans, you'd think they'd beat, but they've got health concerns. Rizal went off. Packer didn't play. Sims played injured. Uh, Vaughan the other night didn't look like he was 100%. There's a few guys. Blake Laurie was already injured. They're, mm. they're very short at the moment. Yeah, they are. So they're in absolute free-fall mode. But um, Penrith, again, like I said, I, I think they did have the hardest draw, but things have kind of fallen in their favour. And this week now, if the Cowboys are missing who they're already missing, plus possibly Gavin Cooper and Winnerstein, this is a must-win. Yeah. And they should have won last time after Origin when they basically had him on a platter. Yeah. So I, I, the way I'm looking at it is the big game right now, and it obviously depends on this weekend, if Penrith get the job done, which they should, yep. if Canberra go to New Zealand get the job done, which they should, they're too clear, and then they play each other the week after in Canberra. That basically decides Canberra season yep. and has big ramifications, obviously, with Penrith as well, because then their, well, two, well, if they get beat, yeah. their two games after that are St. George and Manly. Mm. Manly are now back in contention for top four after everybody last week magically said they were going to fall out. Give yourself a triple. Yeah. Dragons, I think, are in free fall. I've made my decision with my lock and cut. I'm going to be... The Dragons are out. Okay. Um, but And you're saying Penrith go in? Well, I've got Penrith because I already cut Canberra a few weeks ago. Anyone last yeah. week, like I said, I'm happy to eat humble pie if Canberra get in because I said they have zero chance last week. But if you realistically... Well, look, I said last week that I, I give them a chance, but yeah. only a slight one. But it's literally now more going off all the results working in their favour. They still... Yeah. To me, I reckon they still have to win every single game. They have to, yeah. Um, but, yeah, Warriors away, they should win. Newcastle at home, they should win. The Penrith one's 50-50, and then they're basically, I think, going to be at the mercy of Melbourne and what Melbourne do. Yeah. 
on their best form, can they beat Melbourne? 100% they can. But we've been waiting for their best form all year. We finally saw some up the other night, but that's one game. That's a small sample size. So yeah. I'm not doing cartwheels yet for Canberra. No. But I will happily eat humble pie if they prove me wrong. It's two in a row. But I said it last week and I'll stick by it. Them and Penrith have basically given me the shit, so it should give any of their fans the shits for the same reason. This whole year we've basically talked about two or three teams and how disappointing those two have been. Yeah. If they get in, great. But we should have had a killer finals. We should have had these two right in the mix, fighting for top four spots. Melbourne, this strong rooster side. Cowboys backing up. Broncos, if they were healthy. We could have had a really good six-team club, plus the Cowboys if Thurston was there. Yeah. This could have been one of the best top eights we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it could have been. Obviously, injuries have really hurt the Cowboys. And They're I, still there. I don't think they deserve to be out of the picture because, to me, they've been more consistent than Canberra and Penrith. Mm. So if one of those two get in and go on a run, good on them. But I'm still sitting here more angry at the fact, like I said, those two teams to me, the way they've handled their year, the way things are going, um, if they somehow miraculously got in and it was at the cost of the Cowboys, which I think is going to come down to four and against, I'd be disappointed for the Cowboys. I don't think they deserve to miss the finals. No, I don't think so either. On I, don't, strength, I, I, don't, I don't even of, know why we're talking about it. Yeah, but on strength of side and effect on finals, do I think the Cowboys have much of a dent on it now with the way their health is? No. Can Cameron Penrith sneak in at seven and eight have a detriment to teams up the top? If they catch fire, I do think so. Yeah, they can. But I'm still more disappointed that they should have never been in this position in the first place. Yeah. So that's more my gripe. And um, like I said, it's just, I think Canberra have to win out. I think the Cowboys will at least find one more win. For and against might have a play in it. Penrith, if they win two games from here, should be pretty good. But again, for for and against, and there were sort of those back and forths between those few games. Yeah. In the next few weeks, could kill it off before it even happens. Sure. Now, we could get the Penrith Dragons if they've already beaten the Raiders. And, and that, could, nothing. Yeah. that could be the end of Canberra. Dragons could lose and already be on the out, and Penrith could be too clear. Yeah. Um, from from my perspective, obviously being a Melbourne fan, I'm hoping all these games do mean something. Mm. But I'm still more sticking where I said last week. I don't think Canberra will get in, but my feelings last week are more just disappointment. I had high hopes for Canberra and Penrith. They were both high on my eight. I think I had Canberra in my top four. Um. Yeah, well, most people would have. And that, yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm more about what I've seen all year. And if, if the Cowboys did by some miracle fall that, I'd feel bad for the Cowboys because they don't deserve to miss the finals. Yeah. Um, but I think the Dragons are cooked. So moving on from that, now set of six, we now move on to our power rankings. Power rankings for me this week, not a whole lot changed, to be honest. Uh, no. Even though there was a couple of results that surprised me, I didn't move teams for. I, actually, I made a couple of changes in the bottom four, but not in the top four. Yeah. So for me, number one is still the Melbourne Storm. Same, yep. Uh, my number two team is still the Roosters. I know that was a disappointing result, but they've got a couple of tough wins, I think, a few weeks in a row, even against Newcastle. I, I know it's not a great side, but no friend, no Cordner, no Gordon. They eked out two wins with a readjusted spine. The other day was ugly, but I'm still leaving them there. Yeah, I've got the Sharks at two. I've got the Sharks at three, and I could have moved them for I think Rude. they're their own worst enemy. So do I. And Maloney's not playing. Um, I've said it all year. Worst completion rate, most penalised side. Yeah. And they've still won all these games. If they fix that up, they showed against the Roosters, they'll light a team up. Yep. Um, I'm leaving them there. Brisbane are at four. I've got the Roosters at three. Sorry, yeah. 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 Brisbane, the, me, same four. Again, you beat the Titans. And yeah. Ben Hunt, don't get too excited just yet. Sharks next week, power of the week after. If Ben Hunt plays good there and everything seems to flow and fit nicely and the bench works... I may give a little more thought to Brisbane being somewhat of a threat. But yeah. for now, they stay there. Uh, who's your number five? Eels. And that's the same I've as moved me. Them up. They've moved up two spots for me. Yeah, one for me. So Eels are in the five. Six is Manly. 
I've got the Cowboys at six. I think uh, Manly, again, uh, the two flat weeks, I have faith not that they can win the comp, but again, on their best form, like they did yesterday, they're a pretty decent side. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys go to seven, and that's more looking that this week they may be missing Cooper, they may be missing Winnerstein. It's Scott, Thurston. It's been a hard year. Hmm. It's been a hard year. And who have you got at seven? It's seven. I've got, the, I've got Manly. Yeah. And obviously eight, I've got Panthers, Panthers. now. Yeah. And we said we'd make our last lock and cut with four weeks to go. Yeah. I'd already wiped Canberra out. I'm Oak. going Penrith. Yeah. But um, Raiders, I, I think, are a, a big chance. A lot has to go their okay, way. That's right. But it's simple. They do, well, the winning. question is, do you think they can win four games in a row? I think they can. But even still, they're probably going to need a few things to go their way. So. Yeah. So realistically, like I said, I, I find the Cowboys winning out of the game. The Dragons are the one I think who are really cooked. And again, it's not even the draw now. They've lost to these bottom well, four that sides. Lo- that loss on Friday kills them. I know for a fact Frizzell's playing needled up still, and he barely played the other night again. He's yeah. got three needles a week. He's got two rib cartilage injuries, an ankle. Uh, you know, all these guys are pushing busted right now. Yeah. And their style of play, the confidence of that side, it's it's not looking good. No, agreed. So even with things looking in their favour... I could see the Titans beating them. Even though I probably won't tip the Titans, I could see the Dogs beating well, we beat them. Even though the Dogs are beat awful. Them six weeks ago. The Dogs beat them before when they shouldn't have. They blew the game against Newcastle, and somehow the other night, two tries in the last five minutes, they lost that game. Oh, unbelievable. It's, yeah, it is unbelievable. This was the team that was coming first, running right out there after seven or eight rounds. I know Origin hurt, and obviously losing Dugan and Whitop in that Roosters game, but they've been on free fall since then, and they've never been able to pull it back. Yeah. And we talked about this before about certain sides, their depth. Depth kills you. And then even mid-year, you may not think about Mossy Masoy, Tyron McCarthy, probably no one knows about, Super League veteran who was in their squad. They let these guys go mid-year when they knew they were thin and now they're really feeling it because they've got no one to call on. Yeah. Um, it was a really bad decision to let a couple of those guys go when they knew they were possibly going to make finals. Yeah, um, yeah well, it's, it's bad times for them. So obviously that confirms our top eight. So Melbourne, the Roosters, Sharks, Broncos, Eels, Manly, Cowboys and Penrith for me. So. Are locked in, and we've cut all the same sides. So Newcastle, Tigers, South, Warriors, Dogs, Titans, Canberra, and the Dragons. But I will, like I said, happily eat humble pie if Canberra can win all those games and prove me wrong. But yeah. hopefully the next few weeks do have meaning. I want them to have meaning. Well, I'm, they do. I'm hoping that by around 25, I'm going to Penrith Stadium to watch the Dragons play them, and it's got some ramification on the final. Mm. I really do. And I do hope that... By some miracle, Canberra do get down to Melbourne last round, and that does have meaning to them to make the finals. Yeah, I want to see something different. But the one thing I won't cop, and again, I really hope it doesn't happen, and I think they're a tough enough side, is I think the Cowboys still find a way, even though it's real crunch time for them, and uh, they're really struggling for troops. Mm. But there you go. There's our power rankings. There's our set of six. We've done our final locks and cuts. We've got our we top have. eight set, or who we think is going to be in. So we'll have to see what plays out. Over the next few weeks, some big games. Canberra playing Penrith, the Dragons playing Penrith, depending on what happens there. Melbourne possibly have to play the Storm uh, to get there. Cowboys Melbourne have to play the Storm. Oh, sorry. Melbourne have to play the Raiders possibly last round, which may have an effect. Cowboys play Penrith this week. I know they're not healthy, but they knocked them off last time after Origin. So Mm -hmm. there's a few games that uh, definitely have some ramifications coming up here. And, uh, you know, Manly last round. They could hold Penrith straight in their hands as well last round if Penrith only get one or two wins in Canberra lingering or if the Cowboys win another one and push away from them. So yeah. um, hopefully the next few weeks things do stay alive at the bottom end. So we've got a little bit of interest in some games. Yeah, definitely. But moving on, uh, before we do fan questions, I reckon we do reviews. What do you yeah, reckon? let's just do it. So, let's punch through these because... There's some bad games. There's some horrendous games. Let's be honest. All right, Parramatta Dogs, 20-4. to 
disgraceful, horrible conditions, horrible effort. I think it was as simple as this. One side looked keen as mustard, happy to be there in the conditions, happy to get involved in the dirt and the fight, mm-hmm. and the other one just didn't want to be there. They looked defeated. They looked finished. They don't want to play for their coach. They didn't want to even be out in the rain, let alone get physical. Yeah. Um, the Alvaro try summed it up for me in the wet. He carried three blokes over the line. Um, he's a solid player, don't get me wrong, but he's not carrying three blokes over the line every single week. Yeah, um, that just summed up the attitude of everything for me. I'm still dumbfounded that just the complete lack of foot speed and dynamic players and offloads and expansive play that Fitella Mariner can't get like a decent start. And there's Renoff Tormaga, who, again, I just don't understand what they're doing. They gave him a three-year contract, junior Kiwi, killing cup every week, plays front row on an edge, same deal, good leg speed, offload. Like, they need that in their team. But they just, why yeah. sign him for three more years and not play him? What are you doing? They're, the Bulldogs are pedestrian. They're pathetic. They're horrendous. Uh, and they're unwatchable. They Parramatta are. were great. They kicked well. They did the little things right, I think. But yeah, uh, it's, Parramatta blew away Brisbane. I'll take a lot more out of that. Yeah. I just think this game was a game that Parramatta just had to get through. The conditions brought the Bulldogs right back to the field. Yeah. and I'm, Outside I'm, of that, I took nothing out of it. Yeah. I, the Bulldogs are... It's embarrassing, the it state is. they're in at the moment. It's and embarrassing. I was going to say, people, again, I mentioned the other week, second half fade out. I think they faded out, 16-0. Um, they obviously Paramata. lost. Yeah. Paramount just got bored. They lost French. Norman was playing injured. You could see him limping around. I think they just did what they had to do in the second yeah. half because they didn't need to do any more. Correct. Um, and it probably just shows where they're at, really. When after the game as well, Dave Clemmer, they had that crazy fan in the locker room telling him about getting an offload in his game and he wasn't happy about it. Yeah. Like, the Bulldogs are just in complete disarray. Eating each other alive. Um, and I tell you what, he's probably one of the only ones I feel sorry for, to be honest. I think Clemmer has a dig. I think Jackson has a dig. There's a couple of guys there I look at every week and I'm just like, man, surely mm. you can't be happy in that environment. Um, yeah, they're just terrible. So bad to watch. And their forward pack, the, yeah. the Paramount forward pack was brilliant. They were, their their enthusiasm was brilliant and... Move on. The Bulldogs are terrible. Chase down in the halves. What are you doing? <sighs> All right, move on. <sighs> All right. The game that just blew everyone away, I think, and you can't believe it, the Dragons, and this may have cost them their season, 26-24 to the South at the SCG uh, early on. What are they doing? Just errors in their own half, handing the football over, inviting South to have a crack at them. South's found a try. Uh, Josh McCrone twice missing tackles that led to two of the tries that South ended up getting. Uh, their middles as well were just getting picked apart. I couldn't believe how easily South were getting there. It took until the end of the half for the Dragons to stop playing one out and bunching up like under sixes and DeBellin and Frizzell to do what they were doing earlier in the year and try and push some offloads on the back of some quick play the balls. They found a try with Joel Thompson going up for that bomb and obviously Burgess getting sin-binned. But that's probably a real reflection of a critical moment in the game. They got back to 12-all. Burgess got binned for pulling Frizzell, I think, off the ball yeah. when he was going to score. But they did nothing with that. That 10-minute period they had, they did zilch. No, they didn't. Um, That's right. Uh, yeah, well, ebbed and flowed, didn't it, first half? Yeah. And then it looked like the Dragons wrestled... Well, they, yeah, they did. Well, they they wrestled back the ascendancy, they got to a lead, and they should have shut the game down. And with five to go, they shit the bed. It was really, really poor, and it just reeks of a side that lacks confidence and that, to me, aren't a finals team. Josh, yeah. like, The way that Josh McCrone... Played, and we've highlighted it for weeks and weeks and weeks. They've got to try something, someone. I, I, I said to you, whether it's Young Field or, or whoever it is, I don't care. Yeah, anything's better than 
what Josh McCrone's producing for that side at the moment. Well, I highlighted it too when I watched it. He let the first two tries in. He gave away the penalty that gave the Rabbitohs the penalty goal. His kicking game's horrendous. Later in the game, he kicked out in the full. He missed a touch finder. Yeah. Um, there's not much else you can say. And he gave he gives penalties away in the ruck where he just doesn't clear out. He yeah. gave three away on his own. He contributed 14 to their points and he gave him possession back. Like, and anyone out there, I get it. People kick, oh, how dumb's Tarek Sims? Tarek Sims should have never been in the position where he needed to score at the end there. Was he over the line? Yes, but if you're blaming that result on Tarek no, Sims, not. which I've heard people say, oh, what a, what a dickhead, you give yourself a triple. Yeah. There was plenty of things in the lead-up to that that cost him that game. There was some... Look, it wasn't the right play from Sims. No, nah, but they should have never been in that position. That's right. You're up by 10 points, yeah. you have five minutes to go, you don't concede two tries. And I highlight again, and we talk about it all the time, I fucking hate slide defense. That last try, they were back... You hate it. They were on their try line, literally backpedaling and sideways. I wrote the book on hating. They let them. They let them defense. run at them. They ran that into the corner because they literally didn't press up, put any yeah. pressure on, or try to shut it down. They let them come to them. Yep. Um, yep. And good, you know the other thing. Again, this is another shot at South as well. Great win, but this change between structured, unstructured, structured, unstructured. Just let it loose. It Every changes time, from week to week. Yeah, but they did it in that game as they got closer. Every time they got closer, they were in front early on, they went back to structured football. Mm-hmm. Anytime they got a little bit loose, they gave the Dragons trouble. Just let it go. Your yep. season's over. Um, yep. I thought Alex Johnston was really good at fullback the other night. And Damian Cook, I'm not going to keep banging on it. If he's not your start nine, yeah. you give yourself a triple. The speed out of dummy half, getting those forwards over the advantage line, he helps out the two Burgess brothers. Thought John Sutton was pretty good, and the 18 year old kid, what a monster he is. He went good. Campbell Graham, yeah, 18 years good. old, doing his HSC. 197 centimetres tall, 95 kilos. When he finishes growing, he's going to be a mammoth. Yep. Uh, more likely a back rowers build if you're looking at that frame and the way you might put on. But Jesus Christ, he's a big 18-year-old. He's a big boy. What a memory. SCG, first game, comeback yeah. win like that. And he had all his mates there. That had a sign with Herbie on it. I don't know if that's obviously a nickname or something. But yeah. that's pretty cool when you're studying for your HSC. And Madge Maguire calls you and asks you if you want to play your first game at the SCG. Oh. So, Huge. Uh, as disappointed as I was, like I said, with the Dragon side of things, I'm uh, pretty happy looking at the kid and head over there after the game. And I'll tell you what, I would have been defeated, not trying to sound negative, but if I saw Adam Reynolds putting that on the tee, I'm worried. Oh, big time. There's not many. No. Ki- there's not a lot of kickers that worry me, but Thurston, Adam Reynolds, or Maloney, if they're teeing up from the sideline to take the game away from me, I'm feeling the heat. And Absolutely. Sure enough, don't, don't let him be in that position. Exactly. That's the point. And that's what we're getting about the Sims thing. Don't blame Tarek Sims for not scoring that last play. Last five minutes, he copped two tries, seriously. Yeah. Um, that, that, to me, is the defining moment of their season right there. That's probably the end for the Dragons. If they can arrest it, good on them. But with poor health, lack of depth, and just the state of confidence they're in, I think that might be the end. Melbourne Cows, 26-8. to eight. Uh, It was a sloppy start, similar to the week before, when Melbourne played Manly, to be honest. There was some uncharacteristic errors from some of their, their bigger players, but uh, the poor old Cowboys, they couldn't take a trick. They lost Cooper. Super early with a calf injury. He looks like he probably missed a few weeks. Bolton hurt his arm. I don't know if he got needled up, but he got strapped up and had to come back onto the field. And Addo Carr, that try where he scored, where he put uh, the centre and the winger on ice skates, it looked like Winnerstein tore his groin or did something like that, the way he tried to cut back in to get him. Yeah. So they were down two, three players and then had to put someone injured back on straight away. It didn't get much better. Uh, Chambers, Vunavalu, all those guys, they just hammered that edge because of the readjustment. Cohen Hescott put out there. Kyle Felt wasn't having a good time. Melbourne's not a dumb team. No, they're not. As soon as you give a weakness like that, they pick at it, they pick at it, and they did all night. Um, They had an absolute field day heading down that edge. I thought the Cowboys were pretty tough again, and I was pretty disappointed, though, at the end, the way that Green carried on. He said it was like the worst refereeing performance he's ever seen. It wasn't good, but... 
It certainly wasn't didn't affect the result. And you won the penalty count. You made seven more errors than Melbourne did. You lost a couple of players. What do you expect? And yeah. the one that he did whinge about was the lock and coot knockback. Like they call everything a knock on or forward these days. They do. I don't know why you're surprised. That happens to everybody. Yeah. Um, and I know people out there again. Melbourne protective species. Melbourne this. Melbourne that. If you win the penalty count, but you make seven more errors and you lose three plays, you're not going to beat Melbourne. No. Uh, the way he carried on, saying it's the worst refereeing performance he's ever seen. He's done this before. He takes aim at the wrestle. He takes aim at a lot of things at Melbourne. I think he's a great coach. He's got the best record, apparently. I think I heard the other day, anyone in their first 100 games. I'm also going to give some of that credit to inheriting a side that has Jonathan Thurston in it. That helps. Um, but the, just, I'm sick of coaches doing this at the end of games. Maguire did it the other week. McGregor did it last week when his team should have been good enough to beat Newcastle. Desi does it all the time. There's I think a it's reason. a bit of sign. It looks to be a push by the coaches. It, it looks like they've all sat down and had a chat about this uh, and this in the fact that they're all going to go in together and have a crack. So I don't know. I could be wrong, but it just seems well, to me a little bit strange that they're all of a sudden doing it when for most of the year they've avoided Well, I stick by what I said the other week. It seems to be the ones more under pressure. They're under pressure, missing so a deflect. couple of players, heading back. Des has been terrible all year. Ricky Stewart's team's been on the rack the whole year as well. It seems to be targeted to me. Maguire's struggled all year as well. Mm. It's pretty obvious that it's the ones that are struggling that are trying to deflect from their team and take tension away from themselves, in my opinion. But you lost five tries to one. You won the penalty count and you made seven errors. I don't know what else you need. And you lost three players. Yeah, um, fair call. Worst refing performance you've ever seen. Give yourself a triple, yep. Paul Green. That's it. Um, but Michael Morgan, the growth in his game, I thought he was very, very good again the other night. He's he an good. outstanding yeah. footballer. Jake Granville, uh, all those guys have stepped up big time since they've lost, uh, you know, Obviously, Jonathan Thurston, Matt Scott, and unfortunately, it looks like they might have lost Cooper. So it's it's one thing, those injuries, but the origin period obviously hit them harder as well. Yeah. Because you had Hess and Cooper get caught in late when they were already short a couple of forward troops. And it's yeah, it's really taken its toll now. What started as one or two players being in camp turned into four and already having a couple of guys missing, the best half in the comp and probably the best front row or close to the best front row in the comp. Yeah. Um, and now they're really feeling the pinch, so... I hope they can find a way to hold on because they deserve to be there, but they can't catch a break. And Melbourne, it's going to be pretty hard to beat Melbourne. If they're in the right frame of mind and they're playing good football come September, watch out. Mm. I honestly think, and I'm going to, I was disappointed last year, I honestly think this is Melbourne's comp to lose. And if they didn't win it this year, I'd be heartbroken. Yeah. I honestly think they have to win this comp because this is the end of the line. And I said that before the year started, but looking at the squad now, the depth, the kids, this is it. You're never going to have a better opportunity in my eyes to win a comp if you're the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, agreed. So, move on from that game. Newcastle versus the Warriors, 26-10. to 10. The Warriors, they're another one of these ones. I don't think you need to say a whole lot. They've... Uh, Dog shit, the Warriors. Really, really bad. It's been a terrible year, full stop, but they've mirrored last year. Johnson got hurt around the same time. They found an excuse to exit, and they're doing it again. Yep. Um, no they've, doubt. They've blooded in a couple of kids. Papali got a second first grade game, you know, bunch of foals, getting more time, this, that, and all the rest of it. But I don't see it getting I question their forward pack at the start of the year. People said, Why did you put him in the eight? Well, with that spine with Kieran Foreign being there, you hope something would have turned around. It didn't. No. And I did question the forward pack, but that was also going off what we thought of other sides like the Dragons, like Manly missing Matt Eye and a couple of these guys heading into it. They should be in the eight every year. We say that all the time. But I'm more reflecting they're on this game, I'm worried for him next year. They haven't signed Yep. And they've got Tohu Harris coming, and he plays on an edge. He can't help you when you've got nothing going on in the middle. Correct. They haven't fixed anything. Madalino is starting to play good footy because he's finally healthy and got some minutes in his legs. He's heading out the door. Mm-hmm. Lilliman's playing all right, but it's contract time, and he's at the back end. Bodine Thompson is injured, and he hasn't been contracted. 
uh, Charlie Gubbs leaving, just in general, even guys that aren't really part of their top squad or playing in the regular 7am, their forward pack's looking pretty slim right now. And if Adam Blair's their solution, it's not going to get any better. Kieran Foran's heading out the door. Uh, I'm predicting a hard year next year for the Warriors. Well, I can't see uh, anything but grey skies for the Warriors. Yep. No, grey, grey skies. So. But on the Newcastle side of things, outstanding to see him get a win. They're probably what sums up, though. Two tries through the middle early to Barnett, especially the second one where he carried three blokes under under the post. That's pretty poor by the Warriors. Yeah, it was. Um, Two in a row for the Knights. Yeah, great to see them. And I think Danny Levi off the bench with Fitzgibbon, they were outstanding. The Safudi yeah. twins have been brilliant. Jacob had a pretty quiet start the year. He's been better than Daniel probably the last four weeks, which is mm-hmm. great to see. Real positive signs for them. Brock Lamb, he plays in a side that's beaten well most of the time and he's undermanned. People took shots in the other week. I think he's been great. Um, considering what he's had to deal with in the roster the last two years, he's definitely going to win the halves next year. I think. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Hodkinson. I'm pretty sure he's going to be there because I don't know if they're going to be able to offload his contract. But if he is there, he's been good too since he's come back in, I must admit. He has been. Trent Hodkinson, especially the kicking and the control, but... Um, it was just nice to see them play the way they did. All the Matadia brothers on that one edge was nice to see. They, I, I thought they played pretty well. They as did a, as a whole. They did. I think, yeah. Just also highlights how bad the Warriors are. Oh, hundred percent. And we've said before, after all the things that Stephen Kearney, all the systems he's been in, he's been under Craig Bellamy, he's been under Wayne Bennett, he's had the New Zealand side, he's gone there again, best completion rate, but tackle busts are all the way down the bottom, offloads are all the way down the bottom. And on the back of that is line breaks, points, all these things. He's too structured again, and he's done it at the wrong club. Yep. So, I, again, I don't, I can't hire anyone else. I don't know how you bring in. Well, we've gone through six coaches in six years. But so. if, if he doesn't wake up to himself, it's not working. You've gone to the wrong place again. Like when you went to power, wanted to play Melbourne Storm-style football, and you bought Chris Sandow. Um, yeah. He's got some things he needs to address. He needs to loosen the chains a bit. Best completion rate doesn't mean anything if you don't do nothing with the football. Correct. They do zilch with the football. Uh, but, yeah, they've found an excuse to check out. Obviously, now that uh, Johnson's not there, but, um, you know, Hoffman, Garvey not playing, Bodine Thompson, Johnson, all these excuses there not to play. And next year, that's another one. Hoffman's not going to be there either. So I know he's a bit older in the tooth, but he at least tries every week when he's on the field for the Warriors. Yeah. So slim pickings for them. Uh, they better sort something out pretty soon, that's for sure. Sharkies, uh, oh, sorry, I've gone one game too yeah, early you could here. skip the other game. We'll go to the Broncos-Titans. Yeah, Why? Well, pretty straightforward. Why? First 30 minutes, somewhat of a game. There was no points. Uh, and then well, all of a sudden, yeah. they Titans got... Titans had all the ball and couldn't score, and then that was it. They got a bunch of points for half-time, 16-0. Uh, and then the second half, it just completely unraveled. They copped seven tries, a couple of full field, but that's when you really know things are not good. When you're getting 100-meter tries put on you, yeah. and when someone's playing hooker for the first time and he scores a hat-trick and sets two up, things are hurting. Yeah. Uh, Nick Arima slid through twice off some pretty soft efforts. Just uh, what are we? What are we even talking about it for? They, they the just, Titans were horrendous. Their effort was horrendous. Yeah, Brisbane were good without being great, and you get zero form line out of that because the week before, yeah, uh, the Broncos had their ass handed to them by Parramatta. So honestly, the Titans form line at the moment, they're the worst team in the competition at the moment on form. Yeah, embarrassing, by shameful, no passion. Yeah, move on. No effort. Uh, Taylor hurt his knee, and the only bloke I'll give some. Plaudits too. I thought Wallace was good. Yeah, he's always he, good. Close to 200. Against his old side, obviously, he was always going to have a crack, but there was not a lot of positives. Mm-hmm. And Brisbane, again, it's hard to draw much out of that, so we'll wait and see what they do against the Sharkies this week. But speaking of the Sharkies, defeated by the Canberra Raiders, 30-12. Started fast, 
eight points up nice and early. Pinned him down there on end. Uh, looked like things were going pretty good. Bet Canberra for the first time this year. Things kind of clicked for him. I think it was one of the first games I can honestly say their forward pack laid the platform they did in the past. Mm. I thought Boydie had one of his best games. Paul over 200 metres was brilliant. Papali came back in and did what you need him to do after he got uh, suspended the other week for that stupid shot on, obviously, Josh Dugan. But yeah. at the same time, as I'll give credit that they were good, I thought a couple of the tries, like the Rapana ones off a, you know, a kick contest that he won, good on him. But like the Papali ones, a crash over try. The Hodgson one, the dummy and go, was good, and I thought he had his best game of the season as well. He did, yeah. But that 25-minute period was the best period they've kind of had the whole year, and then even in the second half, um, you know, you look at it, that short side pass to Rapana from Leilua. I'm not taking much away from it. There was their best performance, but I thought the Sharks were pretty bad. Sharks were awful. They're their own worst enemy. Errors, penalties, just can't get out of their own way. They also had a guy in the sin bin that had an advantage. They During that period of time, they didn't look any more likely to score. Do you know they literally didn't touch the ball after the first time they yeah, had it? Terrible. Because they caught They dropped pen- it on the first tackle. They were penalised five straight times after that. And then it's they craziness. gave away the three penalty goals, which craziness. eventually blew it out from 24-12 to 30-12. to Yeah. Um, just it just like you said, and I said it all year with the, the completion rates. The one game they pulled it together against the Roosters, they lit them up. Yeah, look, I like what I saw from the Sharks. Ah, uh, sorry, from the Raiders. Yep. But yeah, they're, they're going to have to string that together for four more weeks. Yep, and they've got a couple of decent games coming up. Where yeah, that's why I tipped them. I thought that was their all-in game uh, last weekend, and now they they look to have three winnable games there before they have to play Melbourne. Well, they need to find a big effort this week. I think the Warriors just to get their confidence right up before they play Penrith, because mm-hmm. I think Penrith. To be honest, if you wanted to tell me which one I think has more chance getting in, I think it's Canberra, even though Penrith uh, ahead of them. Yeah. If you said to me on paper who I'd rather have, I'd rather have the Canberra side. Yes, agreed. That's more just from what I've seen in Penrith so far, but this week's more a tune-up game against the Warriors. If they're serious, they should go to New Zealand this week and tower the Warriors up yeah. from what we've seen last week. So um, we'll wait and see what happens there. But uh, I stick by what I said last week as well. He moved Whitehead in the middle, got him more involved because he's been pretty lazy on that edge. I thought he was really good in the middle. He was. I liked the point on the edge. He's higher involvement. Tapine's a massive mismatch on the edge for opposition halves. He's a giant. He's got offload, good footwork, good mobility. Um, Their bench was a bit better the other night as well, which has been pretty average for most part of the year. Papali, like I said, came back, contributed well. I thought Austin had one of his better games. He's been pretty quiet. Mm -hmm. Leigh Lewis cleaned his act up the last couple of weeks. So it's really pretty much all on them. They have no choice but to keep winning from here on out. Yeah, exactly Um, right. The Sharkies, they miss Maloney. Uh, people are asking Paul Gallon didn't get charged after that head high on Boydie. Did he get fined? I don't think there was any charge or okay. any fine at there all. There should have been a charge. I think there should have been a charge, but people were talking like it was as bad as the Sol. The other one, Canberra fans, no, you're no, kidding wasn't, yourself. Wasn't one bloke went off on a stretcher. The other one got popped in the head. Yeah. I, I agree. Probably a charge was warranted, but don't even try to pull that sort of card a week after a bloke forgot what he did two weeks ago. Yeah. There's a big difference between those two tackles. And I still... Stick by what I said as well. I also thought it wasn't intentional to hit him because Billy did slip, but he didn't have to hit him late, which is what caused his downfall. Correct. So, uh, yeah, Cronulla, they've probably hurt their chances of top four. It's back on ice skates again. And the Roosters, it helps them, even though they had a bad loss, kind of keep their shot at top two and top four locked in. Yeah, but all those teams around the four are all pretty inconsistent at the moment. So Yeah, need to find Apart some Apart from four. Brisbane. Like, Brisbane looked the side... Well, they got they got lapped last week, didn't they? So mm. probably a stupid thing to say. Basically, just Melbourne. Yeah, uh, yeah, but they're they're clearly in the top four. What I'm saying is the rest of the teams. Yeah, they they look to be struggling. Yeah, and then you've obviously, point. like we said, we got Penrith and you got the Raiders making that late run. Parramatta might be the one to really 
jump up in there. So Yeah, well, they've got an opportunity, and Manly, with their next three games, put themselves back on uh, the same on the same kind of schedule to maybe push for top four with what they've got. But moving off that game, good effort by the Raiders, good win. Uh, Manly, down 18-4. Their left side got picked apart, lots of short side raids, Luke Curie, Latrell Mitchell, some of the sets of hands between those guys and Tupa were outstanding. But to get the 18-4, then they copped that one on half time where Frank Winnerstein just monstered Manu and offloaded for Tom Trevojevic, who set up the break in the first place. He had a really, really good game, Tom. He did, yeah. Uh, second half, they ran wild. They pulled that left side of the Roosters apart where Orbison, Manu and that were. They found some love down there. Winnerstein got through. Uh, again, it was obviously, I think it was caught in obstruction or he got pulled back on one of them. Tommy Turbo found a way to score again. Uh, Daly Chair Evans had a huge game. Blake Green forces, you know, a lot of repeat sets and he did so in the first 10 minutes when they found their first points. That was a massive bounce-back game. If you're down 18-4 of the Roosters, if I'm a coach, I'm not being negative, but I'm not liking our chances of coming back. To come back and not let them score another point at 18-4. It was huge. 30, huge. Like 32 unanswered points or 26 unanswered in the second half. That yeah. was that was a massive effort. It was. Um, even Lloyd Parrott and a few of the guys off their bench, I wouldn't have expected to dish up the effort they did, were really, really good yesterday. But, yeah, agreed. Um, they, they, that, again, that's one of those games where Manly pop up and they've put themselves with a good run in here because they've got the Tigers this week, who will be tough, but they've beaten them. Mm-hmm. they got the Bulldogs and they've got the Warriors. They string three together. Uh, they go into Penrith last round with a possibility of either knocking them out, most likely, or... Maybe not, but they've got a chance possibly for top four, depending on how results play out in the next few weeks. Yeah. So Manly have all of a sudden from everyone going, oh, they're out, which is ridiculous, uh, to being a top four contender with results in the weekend. Mm. And on the Rooster side of things, where uh, I think Robinson was even stunned, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they won two games missing three spine members. Or sorry, two members of their spine and state of origin back row. In best back row in the comp, possibly. Yeah. And Boyd Cordner, no friend, no Gordon. The readjustment, they found two wins in a row. I thought that was a pretty good effort considering. If you would have looked and said you're going to lose your hooker, your fullback, and your best back rower, uh, you're going to win your next two games, I would have questioned it. Hmm. But I am not. I can't defend the second half. It was terrible. But there's a big possibility against Melbourne this week. And again, they're going to have to make a call if they're going to play those two guys. If they're not ready, I'm not playing them against Melbourne. Yeah, agree. I'm taking the agree. situation that the Sharks have dropped their bundle. We're still one win clear. I don't want to risk those guys because the finals are more important. And we, even if they lose on the weekend... They still play the Sharks as well. So that's it. You control your own destiny. So I'd rather be in a position like you said to get those guys back 100%. I'm not really sold next week on risking those guys to keep myself away from Brisbane and the Sharks when I could be even with them and have my last two games to decide my destiny. Mm. Uh, I might have to have a look to see who they play their last two games. But uh, Manly certainly put themselves in a good position. Like I said, in the last one of the round is the Panthers and the Tigers. This one, I actually quite enjoyed this game. It was a good game. Um, yeah. There was some some cheap errors, and in the second half there was a bit of drop ball, but they threw the kitchen sink at each other. I enjoyed watching, uh, you know, father versus son, and obviously had the Wattins and Lesniaks who matched up on the same side of the field. You'd obviously have to say that Dallin won that battle. Yeah. You got a couple of meat pies, and uh, Mal came up with a miss on Wonga Blake for one of the ones that he set up, but they were both good on kick returns. But the big thing for me, as much as I did enjoy this, um... Penrith on the last tackle still kill me and inside 20. I don't know what they're doing. They get caught way too much. I've said this before on last tackle with a football. I don't know what they're doing. It doesn't seem like it's planned. It seems like it's ad lib, but Cleary last year when he had full control, and I don't know, again, I'm putting it down to coach's orders to run the ball or do something. Yeah. He forced a lot of dropouts last year, made good decisions with the football in hand. 
Um, they still seem to be very erratic on fifth tackle. We can only put it down to that they don't want to kick the ball dead. That's all I can put it down to. Otherwise, I don't understand it. No, neither do I. And I'd have more faith in Cleary, of all Mm. people, because I think he's got a great short kicking game or just a good kicking game in general. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the last tackle options still seem to be confusing me. I don't really get why they keep getting caught with the football. Yeah. Second half also concerned me that they only completed about 50%. Just... That's of concern, they're, definitely. They're quite loose. And again, I, completions, I said before, it's all well and good. They did find points. But against the Melbourne and these kind of teams, if you're going to give Melbourne the ball and complete 8 of 15, you're giving them a massive opportunity just to bury you. Mm-hmm. Or a Roosters on their day will bury you. Or a Sharks, like I said, if they pull it together, can bury you as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought the Tigers were gallant. I think it was a pretty good effort from the Tigers. I really like Masters. I was angry at the start that he, that he didn't get a look in. I think he's playing good football. Tedesco, again, they're going to miss him so much. And uh, Luke, Luke Brooks is Massive. kind of hurt me. I think Luke Brooks has been better with Cleary. Yeah. But, like, the run for the tries, some of the kicks, I'm like, you're brilliant. And then he just does some stuff where I look at him sometimes. I'm like, mm. And Lola here, the same. That pass off balance that he hit the winger on the chest for. Yeah. Crack up. I crack up. And then he can come up with just some absolute garbage. So. Yeah. They're building. Um, real big improvement heading into the back end of the year. You'd have to be impressed if you're a Tigers fan with what Cleary's done. And you got some serious, you got some yeah. serious troops coming in. Packer, Madalena, there's some good guys coming over. It's only going to get better. It will, so, yeah. So if I'm a yeah. Tigers fan... Things are on the up. Yeah, not disappointed. And uh, anyone, again, at the start of the year that would listen, we were both big fans of Tyron May. And I love Tyron May being on the side. I love Edwards being at fullback. But I've still got my concerns in the next few weeks. Again, if Moylan comes back in, that him and Cleary don't quite gel that well. And also the Cartwright thing, leave it as it is right now. Yep. If Moylan's not back, don't you dare put him in the halves. And also, as far as starting back rollers, don't get rid of Yo or Harrow or Naira. You leave him on the bench. Agreed. Small contributions, yep. fair enough. The longer he's out there, the, the more he is prone to miss tackles, make errors, or get a bit stupid with the football. Mm-hmm. I think for now, leave him in the role he's in. But I'll be interested to see what happens next. He also week. doesn't have the minutes in his leagues. Nah, but he's, like I said, defensively, the longer he's on the field, even when he was healthy, I still found that he was found wanting defensively and just errors pile up. So missed tackles, errors. I just leave him in the role he's in right now. The one thing I still can't get, and I do like Campbell Gillard coming off the bench, but Tim Brown wouldn't be on my side. Not me. Tim either. Brown's awful. He's terrible. So get Kakao, Akawala, somebody back up. Put uh, old Moses in the front row instead of playing him at lock and make him start that first in if you want Campbell Gillard coming off the bench. Yeah. Anything but Tim Brown. But, yeah. Penrith, they decide their own destiny, as do the Canberra Raiders, I think, and the Dragons also in that situation, but they look like they're falling off the perch. So. Mm. That wraps up uh, the reviews of the games from the weekends. We now move on to the fan questions. And as always, thank you to everybody out there for your questions, and there is plenty of them, Boxhead. So Excellent. We'll start off on the Twitter side of things. Nick Becker's Titans fan, disgraceful on the weekend. Why are the boys not turning up for King? Not a good performance when we're trying to convince Ash to stay. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I have no idea. Zero idea. I, there must be a rift in the camp somewhere. The obvious... Signs point to a rift between the coach and Hayne. Hayne, his influence over the side, I don't know. Yeah, well, but it's not a good look. There's obviously bits and pieces that we, like I said, heard in the earlier in the year. He was trying to get control of him by punishing the group to make him care, but Hayne doesn't give two shits, obviously, about anyone else but himself. So that obviously rubbed off wrong on the group. Uh, there was rumours that some of the players were unhappy, but the Ash Taylor thing, I think, is going to be more down to Brisbane and the fact that they're going to come after him regardless of, uh, you know, of, of, of what the Titans throw at him. I've been hearing that they've already thrown plenty of offers at him and he's knocking them down. I'd be pissed if he left for the Broncos if I'm a Titans fan, considering the last couple of years. But it just seems that the Broncos get whoever they want when they want them. 
Yeah, pretty um, much. If they want him back, I th- wouldn't surprise me if he went back. But I'd be, I'd be. You know, you're a Titans fan. How dirty would you feel if he left? I'd be dirty, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't be surprised, can you? Uh, the Sportress. Why was the Raiders pack so improved versus the Sharks? Just the lineup changes. I don't think there was a whole lot to do with the lineup changes. The only real thing was he put Whitehead in the middle to obviously try and get him a bit busier, and he gave to pine that edge because he's been playing well on the edge. I think it was simply this is the final buck. Yeah. Uh, if we lose here, it's over. Yep. And you've been awful all year. It's time to do what you did last year. And they did. They laid a platform. The only thing, I guess, is like we said before, they've done it for one week. Can they do it for four yeah, more? they're going to be able to reproduce it. Depending on results. But more than likely, they're going to need all those wins. But No, so, they do need all. I, I think they do. Yeah, I think it was as simple as the effort was there. In particular, like I said, Whitehead, I think, had a pretty quiet year. And Boydie, I think, had a very quiet year. And mm. those two were pretty good the other night, along with Paulo, who I think has been brilliant and the returner for Pali. So let's see if they can maintain it. Joey, uh, would like your thoughts on the Dragons. Is the only issue that we don't have a seven tactics as well or really think that mental application is an issue? Going forward, do you think the Dragons need to recruit further experienced forwards or rely on Laurie, Saleh and Host? Well, mm. part of it is that they haven't changed a whole lot. I still don't think they're playing how they were the first few weeks. They I, weren't. Well, but it's impossible to do that no. when... Every team's just compressing against them. Exactly. But I still think even those first few weeks, they had numbers around the ball. The other night was the old under-sixes, beehive, one out, like just telegraphing what you were doing. They were struggling to get out of yardage even with the strong guys they've got carrying the football. Mm. Early on, they at least spaced out, gave the appearance they might have been shifting the football. And when you were taking carry with you know a support or two into the line, they promoted offloads. They played off the back of those, played the balls and shifted the ball. That all looks like it's just gone out the window. Um I don't think they're playing exactly the same way, but a big part, I think, is mental application. They look flat. Yeah. They really look like they're hurting. There's a couple of guys that are feeling the pinch, like we said, of playing that physical style of football. Frizzell's playing needled up. Uh, he's really, really struggling. Packer missed the game the other night. You've seen Vaughn, get a bit of a head knock, and he struggled for part of that game. Tarek Sims, uh, the week before, went off injured, and I think he's playing busted. It's that time of year, and they don't have the depth. Yeah. Uh, Laurie got injured after playing half a cup game last week and then getting brought into first grade, and and Sele was starting at one point and then got dropped all the way back down to Cup. So uh, moving forward, I think they need more than just those kids, but they've spent a lot of their cap. They went heavy on Hunt, heavy on Widop. They kept a lot of guys, obviously Vaughn and all these guys got paid and kept and so did Lafayette, et cetera. Um, the big problem for me is I think what's left over out in the market, you're hearing about Adam Blair going there. Adam Blair's not someone they need. Adam Blair's not fixing the problems no, and he's exactly. not helping their forward group, so... They really need to scour New South Wales Cup or some younger guys in squads and try and find someone that's going to contribute that you wouldn't expect. But I'm not wasting money on Adam Blair. That's no. not fixing on the Dragons' problem. No. Yeah. I really like Host, to be honest. Yeah, I like Host. I like too. Host when he's in there. I don't know why he got earlier. Um, but for now, yeah, they're going to have to bring those kids back in and hope they can spark something. But the big one for me, and Brock said it, whether it's field or I suggested DeBella moves to six and you go forward heavy, I don't have McCrone on that side anymore. He's hurting it more than he's doing it good. Agreed. Dub Stan. Agreed. Sick of seeing players drop in form once a contract is signed. Uh, conditional contracts possible, which reward effort slash involvement no, in games. It's never going to happen. Players Association won't let that through. Exactly. And the only reason uh, you see some cases of this are when guys have been in trouble, been sacked, or other bits and pieces, and there's clauses or you know incentives in contracts. But once they get back on track, they get a proper contract again, then it's just up to the individual, I guess, and the attitude of the person. Yeah. But you can't have conditional deals, but... Um, yeah, only in cases we've seen in the past. Guys that have had really bad injuries or have had off-the-field dramas get contracts that seem to have anything 
uh, condition-wise put in it purely because they don't have a choice. Otherwise, they don't get back go back to a club. Casper, mm. what's he got here? Should be called a dragon's claws. I think that was in relation... Oh, he's talking about exactly just that there. Conditional contracts being possible. So, obviously, not happy with a couple of guys at the Dragons that have signed deals and haven't been playing too well off the back of it. Chris Smith, what impact does being down to 12 have on a team's game overall? E.g., would you tip the Storm with 12 men for 80 minutes or the Knights with 13 men for 80 minutes? It's a hypothetical. I'd, I'd back Melbourne, but who knows? 13 v 12, it's, it's the NRL. It's elite sport. It's professional. Yeah. So it has a huge impact. Well, I'd for back, 10 minutes. I'd back the Knights if you're going to have a whole game, mm. if that's what you're saying, for 80 minutes. Yeah, you're constantly short a number. Anytime you get to play the ball or you get someone stuck in a ruck or there, basically you're going to catch them one or two short all the time if yeah. you're smart enough. But generally, you just yeah, for 80 minutes, it's it's a lot to ask. There's a critical decisions that will be made, especially on edge players, um, You know, covering kicks, getting back and helping out in yardage. Over 10 minutes, different story. 80 minutes, that's huge. Yeah, um, I don't care... Anyone's opinion about Newcastle? If it's if it's thirteen on twelve for eighty minutes, I'd back Newcastle. Alrighty, NRL profits surely more issues at the Dogs, Titans, Warriors insipid performances. Well, it looks that way, but it's hard to know. Yeah, well, I think we've spoken enough about those few clubs, in particular the Titans, are rearing their head the last few weeks. Uh, Warriors, we've spoken about all year. About when we spoke about culture last week, I think it's the bigger one to bring up with the Warriors as well. There's well, the some... Titans as well. The culture there's shit. Yeah, it is poor recruitment as well at the Warriors and. The dogs, if Wallace could talk, you don't know. But uh, I, 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 I don't just, think there's an issue with the culture of the dogs. I no. think it's recruitment and the way they're coached. Roster management and coaching. Yeah. And it's got to that point, like I said, you just got to pull the plug. And that board, they're worried about their own ass. Paul Dunn, uh, former international, he's apparently leading a bit of a rebel group coming in. And the big voting point is apparently Des Hasler. Yeah. So if I'm Ray Dib and I want to keep my job, and that board have been pretty, like... Well, even if they do sack him, they still look stupid because they're the ones that gave him the extension. Exactly. So they're still... Cocked up, haven't they? But to me, if you just get on the front foot, admit it, and like I said, money's not an object for them. So whether it's six hundred grand the payout or a million, just do it. Yeah. And if you know that your man that you want is out there in D pay, yeah, pay Dean pay. But then I was you were hearing the other day that they were looking for an off contract coach, someone they could target right now. Um, and you know they were speaking that somebody like a Paul Green or that, but I don't see him getting a Paul Green. Yeah. Paul Green's not leaving even if he's on contract. And on top of that, you've got to wait another year. So you're basically saying that you'd be willing to leave Des Hazard for one more year and let things run into the ground before you bring him over. Yeah. So um, i just bite the bullet. Move on. Sean Chand, following last week's question, can a player slash someone not in the leadership group change culture throughout the group organisation? If so, how? Well, you'd have to be quite an influential player to change things. Yeah. Exactly. And there is, You'd have to be an elite player. There is guys you can buy to change culture. I think we've seen in the past, like when a Steve Price goes to the Warriors and tries to lead a younger group and bits like that, but even him, he didn't lead him to a premiership or completely flip things around. But one individual, it's if you're going to be a player, it's a lot harder. You kind of need other guys to jump on board with you who are more senior to join you. It's too hard to do it on your own. You need a group of players, yeah. a strong group. like The a majority Melbourne, rules. Like a Brisbane, they have a group of players. Melbourne rule and then everyone... Falls in line there because they've got Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater. They've all they all stick together, mm-hmm. and even Bromwich. See this year, he cocked up, but he didn't step out of line. He copped it on the chin from those guys, of the club, and just owned his mistakes. That's what strong leadership, good culture does. Yeah. Um, in other clubs, if you don't have that, and players are all separated, and we saw it when Penrith first got taken over, when Cleary and Gus Gould made those decisions with Lewis Jennings, guys that were fracturing the younger group, and people were worried about their contracts and their money more so than the change that was happening because things had been so easy and the players had dominated for so long. 
things like that. Um, I think a player can lead change, but he needs others to jump on board. More influential can be from the front office if you're relating to that when you say someone not in, uh, you know, leadership. I think within the organisation, someone can come in and change things. But again, whether it's someone uh, up top in recruitment, a GM or a coach, that can happen as well. But also they need full control. Yeah. Uh, but from a player's perspective, no one player can change a complete culture on his own. He needs other guys to jump on board and back him so that you can break a group down and try to change things. Way too hard to do on your own. Sam Knox, why the hell are Penrith allergic to kicking on the last? I blew a gasket watching us throw the ball around on the last tackle. Grubbers, please. Well, I think he's touching on what... Hard to argue. Spoke about a million times. Every single week, I'm dumbfounded on fifth tackle what they're doing. There doesn't seem to be a plan, and they're not trying to build pressure and get repeat sets. Something that Cleary can do. So my only theory is what you've got. Either they're being told to attack on the last, and if so, they're not doing a good job of it, or they don't want to give away seven tackle sets like you've said. Yeah. I, yeah, to me, obviously, it's they don't want to give away seven type of sets. Yeah. Mitch, could Dogs possibly become Knights 2.0 with how Hasler has the club shaped with bad contracts, mm, etc.? No, because they've got more third parties, they've yeah. got more salary cap. People actually want to go and play there. No, I think he means like it taking longer to turn them around. And I agree yeah, in that I just sense. Think they, they, got, they can just buy their way out of it. They can buy their way out, but there is some badly back-ended deals that they have mm. stuffed up. Uh, they'd fix the problem a lot quicker, more from what Brock said, though. They've got pool power. They've got third parties. They could flip it around a lot quicker than Newcastle have. But, yeah. Um, I think he's definitely done some shit contracts. There's no doubt about that. Daniel Connors, NRL needs to punish teams that have bought over the cap for next year and make them shed players. If not, would be unfair on teams who didn't. No, that's not that's not accurate at all because the NRL hasn't set the salary cap, so I don't. I'm not sure how you can punish people for spending over yeah, a cap that doesn't exist. I'm lost on this fact because you hear Nathan Brown yesterday say that they were told seven months ago that even though it isn't set to work off nine point one, but clubs have still gone out and spent over. Yeah, but what does that mean? Well, work on. They basically well, come out and just say it's nine point one then. Well, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, if they've given you a guideline and you spend ten, eleven million, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, it's a complete cock up, plain and simple. Yeah. But from I, both ends, like, look, yeah, I, I heard, heard I the heard clubs him, would have taken advantage of it. They have, but I heard him yesterday, and I agree with him. He's saying I hope the NRL with teams like Canterbury and you here in Canberra that have spent well over have to move players on. And he said we're sitting here waiting, and we might get to pick up a player or two. We've done the right thing. We've left that space in our salary yep. cap. But um, I think he was more saying because some teams have whinged and said, "Oh, they've given us no guideline whatsoever." If there was an email giving an indicator, I know it's not set. The NRL should have done a better job. Yeah, but legally they don't stand. They, they don't have a leg to stand on because it's not official. And Jod Grant still fucked up when he guaranteed them that certain grant and that amount of money and the spending. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And that all backflipped. It's been a shit fight. Yep. Let's be honest. But if you got told a rough figure and you've gone 2 million over and they're going to enforce it, that's pretty stupid. Yeah. If you've gone a little bit over, like 500, something like that, someone you can move one or two players, it's probably not such a bad thing. But uh, I'm probably going to have to agree with Daniel here, even though they haven't said it in stone. Aaron Wright, Nathan Brown on Triple M said they got an email that seven months ago saying they should aim for 9.1. Well, that's basically what I was just talking about. I heard that yesterday as well. Uh, again, like Brock said, it's definitely not legally binding, but if they've gone well over and they enforce it, the clubs are going to feel the, the brunt. We'll see. We'll it, see how that plays out. 
the hard part is, and I think this was more talked about, it's not only hard to offload a contract because a club won't want to pay full freight, but then you need to get somebody back into your squad at a lesser rate to replace somebody that you have let go. So there is there is ramifications, but we'll have to see how strong the NRL uh, on that. Daniel's here again. Pretty sure all clubs were told months ago the cap was likely what it was likely to be. Stupid to sign players when they didn't know they could afford them more. I think most wanted to lock up their own talent more so than outside talent, and they've probably spent overs considering what the cap's going to end up being, but um, they're just going to have to deal with that when the time comes, I guess. Yep. NRL Incompetent uh, is his name. He says here, what is the most poorly officiated sport in the world and why is it the NRL? Oh, it's hard to know other sports. Yeah, I, I don't know. Their refereeing could be better. Definitely could be better. I'm sick of talking about the I think it's more the, the leadership of the referees. I don't think it's the referees themselves. They're only they're only doing what they're told to do on the field. So yeah. I think it's more the leadership that's the problem. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's time for Tony Archer uh, probably to move on. James, thoughts on supporters who give up on their own team and buy a Storm jersey? Yeah, stupid. Stupid. Back your own team all the way, whether yeah. in the good or the bad. Look at Newcastle fans. They keep turning up. Yeah. And uh, they've only been lucky enough to There'd see... There'd only be one way for me to get rid of my Titans jersey. That's if they signed Des Hasler. Well, actually, this is something I should bring up. It might be in the questions on Facebook. The talk this week that the Bears still want to buy them, change it to the Gold Coast Bears, leave it based on the Gold Coast, but play a couple of times a year down in New South Wales, if that can go on. Would you still back the Gold Coast if they changed it? No. No? Even if they were still based there as the Bears? Alrighty, there you go. That's all I was wondering because I've seen something this week. No. Highly doubt it's going to happen, but apparently they've got a conglomerate or a group together and they've got the money. Well, maybe, they, maybe they're going to have to look at something like that because the club's a basket case. Yeah, well, have to wait and see what happens there. But, yeah, stick with your team through thick and thin. That's for sure. Moving on to the Facebook questions, and there's plenty of them. Had a suggestion from one of our listeners, Matty Ballantyne. He wants to let the football back. I don't mind it, but... It's yeah, never going to happen, though. It's not, no. Sorry, Matty, I like the enthusiasm. Maybe in, maybe in a trial game or something, yeah, but even still. May, maybe in the All-Stars game they could they could go back to using leather balls or... I don't know, but you can't have one round where the ball's different. No, and I think, again, for goal kicking, all the bits and pieces yeah, are moving exactly. forward. They're, they've headed the way they have. Uh, I like the thought, and he's talking about the long cutout passes and the evenness of the kicks and the bounce of the ball. And, uh, it's a great thought, but I think, again, we're living a bit in the past if we went back to the leather football, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan Bridgeford and the Melbourne juggernaut rolls on. Seriously, who the hell can stop them this year? Barring injuries, it's hard to see any other side coming close. Well, uh, you know, what do you what do you say? I basically said what I said before. I, it's hard to see anyone beating them. I think no, it's I, don't think anyone I think it's their comp to lose. Yeah, agree. Uh, unless the Roosters catch fire, or the Sharkies, or the Raiders, or Penrith slipping in catch fire, I don't know who's going to beat them besides themselves. That's one hundred percent. Daniel Holmes, not a question, but could Lewis work on his pronunciation of Warriors? Grinds my gears each week. Other than that, a bonza pod. Warriors. Warriors. What's wrong with my pronunciation of the Warriors? The Warriors, bro. Is that what he's angry about, bro? I don't, I don't know. know. Daniel, you're going to have to send me an inbox or something, mate. Maybe. With, with, maybe you could actually say it. Annunciation. You can do sound clips in the inbox. Pronunciation of the Warriors. Annun- of Warriors. Annunci- Warriors. Annunciate your words. Warriors. 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 I don't know. Grind your gears each week, mate. You need to get a bigger issue. I'm sorry, Daniel, if that's the only thing that puts you yeah, off. It's with, a first world issue, mate. With like a two-hour podcast stack with rugby league the way I say Warriors. And we're doing it for free. I'm very sorry, Daniel. Yeah. But, yeah, you're going to have to elaborate further on how I'm enunciating the word wrong. Come on, mate. All right. Diego Montoya, who would you back over 100 metres? James Roberts, Josh Adokar, or Bevan French? And which one of these three would you pick to get an origin game first? 
James Roberts I'd pick for an origin game first, but yeah. I'd back Adokar over 100. Yeah, well, from what I've seen in the last few weeks, it'd be pretty bloody hard. But one of those two, you flip a coin. Yeah. They're both pretty explosive. Adokar, I don't know if he's found top gear yet. The other night when he ran, he got through that gap first and then looked over his shoulder. That's why, that's why I'm leaning towards him. Yeah, I think Roberts and him more so than French, though. I think French has got that more top 40 speed. I don't know about the 100. Well, who, who knows? It should, it should happen. It really should. Yeah. Every year, I think they should have that grand final day. Anyone who's not playing, get yeah. the fastest player from each club nominated, turn up, they do the race like the relay. Yeah. 100 meter sprint on the ground in football boots with a ball. Or you can do one without the ball. Either way, but there's got to be some conditions in place. Edge Matthews, he says here, what would Craig Bellamy say if you heard you pair impersonate him? Can you guys impersonate one of the coaches each week? Would be another great segment. Seriously, though, boys, pitch this show to Fox. You guys should be on there. Thanks for a great show every week. Cheers, mate. Well, I love the feedback, but I don't think Fox are ever going to let us on the lot full stop, let alone let us pitch it to them. I don't know how anything like that works, but it would be nice to be doing something like this full time for a job. Wouldn't would it? be. It would be outstanding. Craig Bellamy, I think he's got bigger issues than us impersonating him, and we do it with love. We love Craig Bellamy. Yeah, that's right. So I'm pretty sure he'd take it in the right stride, as I say. But uh, coaches every single week, we'd have to start watching more press conferences, I think. Yeah. Uh, some of them, I must admit, are too painful to watch at the moment which okay. is half the reason the Des Hasler one kind of got to run because he annoys me so much. with that. I thought we played, completed pretty good, but uh, yeah, the Voldemort didn't help us, did they? No. So, yeah. Josh Ian, boys, very content Knights fan after winning back-to-back for the first time since 2015. Looking forward to 2018. Just wanted to know your opinion on who is the better buy, Jack Bird at a million dollars a season or Connor Watson at 500k? Knights for the top eight next year, he says. Well, the Jack Bird thing, I don't think it was quite a million bucks. It was more around the 800 mark, and I'm pretty sure Cronulla weren't far off. It more came down to position, and you keep hearing these rumours that he's not happy with the decision he's made. I think in the end, he just got greedy, kept pushing the point, I want to play 5A, I don't want to do this, I want to do that, and he's not going to play that at Brisbane either. Mm-hmm. And you keep hearing non-stop that he's got cold feet. I'm not surprised. you got all your mates in the Shire, you're from Dragons Territory, which is just around the corner, you're in a great environment and you're happy and when you pushed a little bit for dollars in a position, in the end, you ended up in the exact same spot with possibly an extra 50 to 100K. Mm. Um, so I hope next year he does play well and I hope he's happy with his decision. I, you know, I'm not going to uh, hate on anyone for taking more money. That's all well and good. But I honestly think in the end he ended up in the same spot purely for an extra 50 to 100,000. Yeah. So if he's not happy, um, you know, we'll, I guess we won't see until next year. Comparing him to Connor Watson at half a million, it's hard to see whether... Who's going to win that situation? Because we haven't seen a whole lot of Connor Watson just yet. I think Connor Watson's best spot is definitely six, but half a million dollars for a kid who's only played a handful of games, mate, that's pretty hard to figure out who's going to get the better end of that deal. Mm. But if Jack Bird's playing centres for about $800,000, I'd probably prefer to buy a half for half a million. That's just my own opinion. Based on position, not so much ability. Yeah. Johnny Samikas, he says, or Johnny Juice, because I always get his last name wrong. Sorry, champion. A couple of weeks ago... I You need to work on your pronunciation. That's right. right. I've got to enunciate my words clearer too. Uh, he said a couple of weeks ago, I think it was a listener who asked the question on here, are Penrith the luckiest team in the comp? Something along those lines and listed every little thing that's gone their way in recent weeks, e.g. penalty count versus Manly, some in favour, controversial calls against the Titans. Since then, uh, they've beat the Knights, the Dragons, South and the Dragons in crazy fashion. Starting to think that this listener is onto something. As a Panthers fan, I can't help but laugh. Oh, I think you're reading too much into it. 
I think you make your own luck. Mm. Um, if you get a little bit of luck go your way, you've got to take advantage of it. I think it's plain and simple that I still think they've got a fair bit of improvement. Penrith? Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. If everything came together, though, they could be a threat. Mm. But there's still a lot of improvement, and we've talked about it before. Patience inside uh, inside the 20, building pressure, getting repeat sets. Their attack hasn't quite clicked yet, and they still make a lot of errors. Um, I think they're a little bit erratic. If they clean up a few of those things, all well and good. But also constant changes in the spine. Edwards has gone in. May's been sold the last few weeks. They dropped rain completely for Peter Wallace. Um, you know, they've chopped and changed on the bench. There's, there's a few small things like that, but um, yeah, I don't read a whole lot into that, to be honest. You make your own luck for the most part. Rob Carter, what do the companies acting as a third-party sponsor actually get out of sponsoring a player? Nothing. It's my understanding that they aren't even allowed to use the player in advertising. Nothing. If this is the case, it seems like a very one-sided deal. Keep up the good work, lads. Love the show. Well, basically what Brock said, they, they get zilch. Yep. Um, I think maybe in small things... I like, don't know officially, but you know, I only know on what I've been told. Uh, and yeah, it's Minimal. For the minimal. Mo- for the most part, it's clubs that have people running the club, like a Nick Politis, who have friends, who have excess cash, and they just help out, really. I'm pretty sure they're allowed to do advertising, but not in club gear. Yeah, and I th- it's it, that's the whole point. It's supposed to be sourced by Personal. a manager, not yeah. the club. So I think they can do things or lunches or appearances if it's like a car dealership and bits and pieces like that. Um, but yeah, they, they don't get a whole lot compared to some of the money they're forking out. 50 grand, 100 grand, depending on what it is. Yeah. Uh, for bigger clubs like Brisbane or have NRMA or bigger sponsors like that, those companies are worth absolute squill. So they probably don't really care. It's just a drop in the ocean. But uh, for some of the more personal sponsors like Politis, who's obviously got a lot of friends with a lot of cash, they don't get a whole lot. I think it's just Nick getting his friends to help him out. So mm. yeah, third parties don't get a whole lot for the person who uh, obviously dish him out. Ian Stanmore, can we all agree that Josh Dugan is made of glass and will probably miss more games than he plays for the Sharks? Total dud buyer for the money they will be paying him. They're saying that he's going to play this week, which is craziness to me, the way he went off. I, Gordon Tallis always calls him out, and I love it, well, saying that he stays down and he overplays injuries. And it's hard to argue. He's got a record of going down a lot and returning very quickly. Well, I said the other night, that he got moved to centre. I think he'd understand that the situation there with Aikens out for the rest of the year, that he can cover that position because he plays there for rep footy. But I kind of feel like he's kind of checked out. They're in a bad spot. They're probably not going to make the finals. He's been moved out to centre. He's moving to another club. Yeah. Um, when he got hurt, at first I didn't think he looked too bad. And then when he was in the end goal, he, like, he looked like he'd done a real, real number on himself. And now you're hearing it's a low grade and he might play straight away. So I, I think possibly he's checked out. But, you know... Hard to tell, but he certainly does go down a fair bit, that's for sure. No one's going to argue that, no doubt. Mitch Madley, am I crazy in thinking that the Tigers will make the eight next year? No. I don't think you're crazy. I think they can compete for the bottom end of it, but I think with such a heavy turnover in the squad, it's always hard to judge a side because there's a lot of changes and you're going to have to see how it all comes together. But if there's a coach that can bring a group together quickly and you know sort things out, which he has with the players they've got right now, it's Ivan Cleary. Yeah, I agree. They've turned around things very, very fast, and the number one thing is their defensive attitude, and their attack's so much better. Yeah. Um, and for the cattle they've got right now to be playing the way they are, it's going to be a lot better off with Packer, Madalino, and these kind of guys coming to their side. Arthur. What's he got here? I'm sorry, mate, again. Last names. Get me trick, is it? I'm not even going to try. You want to try this one? Which I always one? do these. Arthur. Mazumian. Maslumian. 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 Yeah, you're right. Actually, I thought that was an I. My bad, Arthur. Mm. 
My eyes are better than yours. Yeah, there you go. What did you think about the Laurie Daly interview on NRL 360 last Monday? I thought it was pretty ordinary, to be honest. Yeah, I think he just danced around everything and did the same thing, which is the whole problem in New South Wales. We didn't take any accountability. It was, oh, I'm the coach and everyone was in the wrong. I'm wrong, the wrong. I'm responsible. It's the same crap that's going to lead us back to the exact same situation next year. If he's coaching, if the same players get picked, we're just going to keep digging that yeah. hole. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing was really addressed. Um, you know, he deflected anything that was brought up about the clamour for feeder situation or the Dugan drinking, and um, it was piss poor. We, we really, really need to take a hard look at ourselves, New South Wales Rugby League, that's for sure. Yeah. Quite disappointing. And I've said it again, it's nothing personal with Laurie Dale either. We don't even know the bloke. No. Fantastic player, seems like a great bloke, but he shouldn't be coaching New South Wales. Nope. Um, simple as that. Brad McMillan, third-party deals, how do they work, and why do teams seem to get more than others? Seems a huge advantage, disadvantage for some. Well, I think we've talked about third parties multiple times. Yeah. There's a couple of clubs that have them for different reasons. Uh, Canterbury, you know, they've got a decent leagues club, decent backing, really strong board, so they've got extra money there. Brisbane, uh, you know, been the one team up there for so long, so they've got a foothold, really strong club, really strong brand, lots of money in there. And the Roosters have an owner who's obviously strong in the business world and got lots of friends. So compared to some of the other clubs, like a Newcastle who have next to none, or the Gold Coast who don't have a whole lot, I think they've got Frizzell's for a small bit. Um, that's the thing. The big problem with third parties is the few clubs that do have them basically don't really have to declare a whole lot. We don't know exactly what they're getting. Maybe the clubs in the NRL know that there's a third party, but realistically, the NRL has no responsibility for it. If a third party falls over, it's not the NRL's job and it's not the club's job. And a third party technically is supposedly sourced by the manager for the player to supplement the deal, but we all know that's bullshit and most time clubs do take up the third parties, which is why you see bad blood like when... Darius Boyd didn't get the one when he was at Newcastle and they yeah. said he didn't want to get off the bus. But I can't blame a player. But at the same time, that's the risk with third parties. But he was almost out of pocket, apparently 200 grand. That I wouldn't want to get off the bus either. No. Um, and you hear it now, Junior Paulo and Canberra. Part of the rumour there in the end wasn't just the on-field stuff. Apparently, they've missed a third party. They guaranteed him, which is another reason why it's such a grey area because it's supposed to be the player and the person, not the club. But we all know that's bullshit. It can lead to a breakdown of clubs, but... 100%, it is a disadvantage. They should be declared. Uh, the NRL, much like the NFL kind of setup, should have a list of everyone and what third parties they have available to them. Mm. And there should be some kind of cap on third-party deals at least or more clarity as to what clubs are playing with and working with in that regard, I reckon. Ross Mills. Now, here we go. This is what I was talking about before. With talks of North Sydney Bears taking over from the Gold Coast Titans in the near future, who do you think... Uh, would? What would you think would happen to the Intrust Cup super players? Uh, would they just sign with other clubs and who would become the Bunnies feeder team? Or the no, bun- I'd say that they, the Interest Super Cup team would s- stay on the Gold Coast. Well, that's it? the whole point. They want to, they're want not trying to move to North Sydney. Their offer no. or what they're trying to do with this conglomerate is stay on the Gold Coast, but they want the naming rights changed. They were apparently told there's no way they'd change the name. They want to change it to the Gold Coast Bears, though, yeah. and they want to play just a handful of games down here yeah. on the Central Coast or whatever. So I don't think anything would happen to the Burley Bears. If anything, it works out perfectly. Does. They're linked with the Burley Bears. They want to change it to the Gold Coast Bears, and they just want to play a few games down here. Yeah. As far as the Rabbitohs feeder team, they'll find someone in New South Wales who's willing to link up with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Rabbitohs juniors has got lots of money. They're privately owned clubs, so it's not like they're struggling Why financially. Why couldn't that just remain? Well, they could just go to South Sydney if they really wanted to, instead of being the North Sydney Bears. Just remain. Um, if the North Sydney Bears bought that group. But there's plenty of power clubs with money that would offer up or they'd find someone to link with. Newtown's coexisted through the Roosters and now the Sharks. Absolutely. There'll be somebody in New South Wales who want to take over 
uh, you know, that New South Wales Cup spot yeah. with, uh, you know, obviously the Rabbitohs, if they did take their business up there, the North City Bears. What else have we got here? Jordan Palmer, will Bellyache start resting players next week if Melbourne beat the Roosters? Yeah. Well, that's we spoke about that. We think about yep. he should be doing. Scott Lockyer, did the remote go for the TV this week? No, we had a barbecue, family barbecue. So you were quite I was tame. a little bit, I was a little bit distracted. I wasn't quite tame. I was angry, but I'm just, I'm over it. You know, you know what to expect. though. that's the thing. I'm over it. You get used to it. Stuart Bulk, Brock, if you were the Titans coach, who would you consider trading Jared Hayne for? A pizza or a slab of beer? Would you consider trading Jared Hayne for a pizza and a slab? Of beer? I would trade him for a pizza and a slab of beer. Yeah. Yes, good pizza, meat lovers too. No, no meat lovers. No meat lovers? Just ham and cheese, mate. Ham and cheese. You're yeah. a simple man with simple taste, aren't you? I am. And you, you get super dry, wouldn't and you? A, and a GB, yeah. Garlic bread and a, and a, and yeah. a slab of super dry. Chuck in a GB and you've got Brock. Yeah. On me, uh, give me a 30-pack of new tins and the pizzas and meat lovers. Not barbecue sauce, though, tomato sauce. And you've got me. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Damien Fife, why isn't common sense used when it comes to Damon judging? Damien Fife, mate. Damien Fife. Mate, Come on. I'm reading so many of these. Come on. Give me a break. Sorry, Damien. Uh, why isn't common sense used when it comes to judging obstruction? And is there any way to stop players playing for it rather than just attempting to make the tackle? Saturday night's disallowed try to the Sharks is an yeah, example. It was dog shit. And I guess uh, yesterday. Yesterday, with yeah, who was it? Tedesco went through and Wallace tackled. I thought the they were both player. no tries. Fair enough. Get through I the line. Yesterday, I thought yesterday's was the try. I, I thought get through the line. Yeah. Tim Brown. I get that side of Tim it. Brown stopped, and I thought Woods mill. I thought both were mill. That's fine. But the one thing you got to do when you run a line is just go through. Simple. Mm. If you get through the line, you're not there. They're both tries. Yeah. But they left themselves in a position both times where... Yeah, I see that argument. I 100% agree. Tim Grant made a shit effort at one of them where he stuck an arm out and barely had a crack when yeah. Peachy scored. And the second one, I think it was Wallace who'd pulled up in the line and Aaron Woods or Matt Eisenhuth pushed him and made it look worse than it was. Yeah. Technically, I think both would have got there and scored, but... When those indicators are there, that shit word that the refs get to use because right. they've been told by you Tony Archer, it. I did yeah. use it. Don't put yourself in that position for, to give them any doubt that they can do it. And Patton used it both times because yeah. it was there. And either way, you blow it because of that situation, one set of fans wouldn't have been happy and would have had a whinge about it. So quite simply, if that indicator, which I hate saying, is get through the line and don't be there, don't be there and don't give the guy a chance to act. Right. It pisses me off too, but that's part of the rules. It's there. So if it says don't be in the line and you are... And they milk it. Unfortunately, nine times out of ten, they're probably going to go against the team who had the player on the line, which Penrith did twice. Yeah. So I don't like the rule either, and I thought both were milked, but um, it's hard to argue when that's there. Uh, Albuquerque Jones, he says here, as a coach, how would you deal with the current situation the Dragons find themselves in, inventing new ways to lose against teams that have nothing to play for when they have everything to play for? How do you get them up for their last four games? Well, you make it about being fun. Not make it about, uh, oh, yeah, you can't really flog a dead horse, so you've got to change things up. Have to change it up. Yeah. Turn it turn it into, you know, a week-by-week proposition. You want to be giant killers. You want to be disruptors. You want to be whatever. But it's just make it fun. You've got, to, you've got to try and keep the players engaged somehow. Well, I think I read somewhere yesterday that they reckon Paul McGregor admitted that they have flogged them too much and they yeah. are struggling. And now they've got guys, obviously, like I said, that have had injuries or played through origin who are busted. Yeah. And they've let a few guys go who they hadn't used and didn't think they'd need to and have found themselves short of depth. But um, I think more simply than everything, simplify the game plan. I said it before, I'd take McCrone out. I'd put DeBellin, Field, anyone in there. Uh, it's got to be better than what he's dishing up at the moment and get back to the power game. Not when they bunched up like they did the other night and go 1-1 one, one out. 
if you're going to play that power game, though, you're going to run in numbers, push around the football, have Dufty pushing around, get McInnes involved, work off offloads, tip-ons, not just one-outs in the ruck. They had a couple of sets there where they barely made 30 metres and were putting some poor kicks in. Mm. Widop needs to take responsibility for all the kicking as well. If he's getting $900,000, McCrone doesn't kick the ball if I'm the coach. And that should have been made clear to him by now, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but just back to what they do well. I think at the moment they're going back to block, block and too many one-outs. There's no push around the football. There's no offloads. And they've gone back to what they were doing two years ago. It looks exactly like the side from two years ago, to be honest. They scraped in at the bottom end and you basically knew they were cooked. Daniel Friend, who's your buyer of the year? Nathan Brown for me, just ahead of Kiri. Vaughan, an honourable mention to Jamie Bureau, who has been super consistent. Yeah, outside of his injury. Well, no, I think if you're going to get value for money, it's Nathan Brown. He's apparently only in 150k. Yeah. He's been outstanding, but if you're going to go off a key... Parramatta's best forward, yeah. Yeah, 100%, and he's led the revolution, I think, of that forward pack, and uh, he leads from the front. If you're yeah. going to go off position, I'd probably say Kiri, though. He's gone there, most line break mm. assists in the competition, scored tries. I think he's made Pierce a better player, and I think the Roosters themselves and those two as a combo... You know, has brought out the best in him. I know he had a bit of a flat spot, but as far as a key position and the influence he's had on a side, I think he's probably the one. But if we're going value for money, it's Nathan Brown. I think, I think Brown. Yeah, well, 150K. Brown. That's no, I just think on performance, yeah. I think Brown's played better than Curie. And I agree with Vaughn for an honourable mention, the job he's done there. Um, you know, six tries, racked up some serious metres. They're obviously struggling right now, but he's been good all year, just like a couple of weeks off with that calf injury. But um, if it's coming down to Brown or Kiri, I think they'll probably give it to Kiri because of the position he plays. But value for money, Nathan Brown, mm. he's been outstanding. Adam Bain, no question, but just wanted to say a big thanks to Brock on the heads up on S-Town. Unbelievable. Cheers, mate. Yeah, it's a good show. There you go. Get Baron, into it. Baron Von Prawns. Interesting name. We said that last week. Bloody work. Uh, how and why did you guys fall for the Warriors trap again earlier in the season? Kearney has not only made them just as bad as they usually are, but now they are boring to watch and just play bland one-out junk. Them and the Dragons are only a step above the Bulldogs in terms of playing interesting footy. This is exactly what he did at Parramatta all over again. Well, we judge it based on the roster, what we look at. And we didn't do it earlier in the year. We did it before the and we have, season we have, off, uh, so. we have fallen for the trap. I won't be doing it next year. No. They, they need to show me that they can make the eight before I'll put them in my eight yeah. ever again. I don't think they recruited well enough next year anyway, no. so I definitely wouldn't put them in. It's simple as the fact that they have the international spine, a couple of international players. This year they added foreign. Uh, I don't think we were the only ones that fell into that no, trap. But heaps of people did. Yeah. Let's not justify it. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah clearly. But, um, yeah, seven and eight spots like that. We got it wrong. He's also got here. Also, do you think blaming the refs for losing is a tactic coaches are using to get an advantage the next week? Mary complained last week about the refs and got a very favourable penalty count this week. And I believe it has happened a lot over the past two years where teams who complain about a ref uh, and their decisions typically win the penalty count in their next game. If this part of the reason why coaches, refs, why coaches, refs faulting has increased in frequency so much. I don't know. I stick to what I said before. It's generally teams... They blow up when they get a bad call. I don't think it's a tactic. Well, I think the consistent ones who do it, though, have been teams at the bottom end of the ladder who are feeling the pressure and they're just deflecting. That's more my opinion. I think Green... He's not under pressure for his job, but they're under pressure of slipping out if things get any worse and they've lost a lot of players. So I think, again, he might have just been deflecting. They got beaten the other night. So mm. uh, that's more the reason I think why. And lastly, he says here, has Kieran Forrard played these past few weeks or did he get injured along with Sean Johnson? Maybe it was DC making him look good after all. No, I think it was their, the Ford pack. Isn't well, going forward. He doesn't have Johnson there and their season's over. I was so. going to say. He, he's carrying an injury. He's playing with a busted hammy. 
Uh, he's at a club that's going absolutely like a busted, like you said, one-out junk. And when you're a half, you're dictated to of what your forward pack does. Mm. If you don't have any go forward or anything happening in front of you and you don't have a half's partner there, all the attention's on you to create everything. And Kieran Foran's feeling that pressure right now. So, uh, unfortunately, this is not... Oh, fortunately for him, it's not his bed to lie in. He's going to be moving on next year. I don't know if he's moving to a much better situation, but he's not going to have to worry about the Warriors, that's for sure. Uh, Paul Agirios, he says here, why does Doust like going around in circles? Same shit year after year. <laughs> Brown, Price, and now this biggest clown of all, McGregor, and that's saying something after Price. He's now admitted they have been flogged too hard. Worst fall from eight in recent history. Does this clown learn? Well, I don't think... Paul, do I, I love your rants. I'll tell you what, it's, an Andy, it's almost Andy Tate-ish. I love rant. it because he's always here about his team. He loves his team and he hates Mate, Doust. your team could be uh, the Titans. Yeah, could be Have worse. a go at it. Like, yeah, look, not good. Not good. Eh? But look, getting flogged doesn't make you fall away like they did in that game on the weekend. It's got to come down to the players. I think... McGregor's done an okay job. I don't know. I'm not in love with him as a coach. Um, and it looks to me they don't have a plan B this year, and that comes back to coaching. They they went worked through really well, and they were running through through teams, and then opposition coaches cotton onto it. And since then, he hasn't had a, been able to formulate a plan B that's going to be effective. So yeah. I think you've got to give him next year with Hunt because he's he's done well to yeah, get he's Hunt there. And, yeah. Yep. Right. But again, the, the argument would be, well, who do you, who do you sign? It ha- it'd have to be Demetrio. He'd be a good fit there because well, he'd coach a reserve grade I side. said last year before he left, they had doubt over him, and I'd watch Demetrio take a cup side that was probably the fifth best one in there and win it clean yeah. and do really well, that they juggled the decision. It was there for him to make. Yeah. And they waited too long, and Wayne Bennett swooped in. And immediately then, they would have been probably been sitting in a board meeting saying, we fucked up. If Wayne Bennett's calling you and asking you to go up there and possibly warm the chair to be the next man to take over... The Dragons dropped the ball. So they kept uh, sorry, they kept McGregor. Things started off quite good this year. A couple of guys got contracts, few injuries, and obviously uh, the origin period's hit, and now things have hit the wall. But if they were going to make this decision, I called for it last year. They needed to make it before he left, mm. and they waited too long. So Demetrio's now sitting there warming the chair, unfortunately. Harry Ray, have you changed your mind on the Raiders after the weekend? I reckon they have a glimmer of hope. Well, Harry, I haven't changed my mind purely because I think they have to win those couple of games. But when I said they have zero chance, I will say now they do have some chance. And I still think it's a very slim one, and I think it's going to come down to, obviously, they have to keep winning. But if it gets to that point, it's going to come down to the last round, in my opinion. I still think they need to win all their games, and it's going to be on whether Melbourne play a full-strength side or they don't. So I give them a glimmer. Yeah, I give them a chance. Glimmer of hope. And I've said it before. If they prove me wrong, I'm happy to eat humble. Yeah. No beef here. That was my opinion last week. I stick by it. Gavin Carl, how good is Wonga Blake? Terrible. Well, you're up and down like a yo-yo on this. A couple of weeks ago when he dropped those couple of pills against the Warriors and how made bad. himself look like an absolute goose, everyone was off him. Sets up a couple of tries in the weekend, everyone's back on the bandwagon. They've got one win still against top eight sides, and it was Manly with a 14-4 penalty count. You lost to the Cowboys after Origin, should have done better. Uh, Wonga Blake, did he play good, Gav? Yeah, he did play good on the weekend. He set up a couple of tries. Uh, who did he beat? He brought Mal on the rush in there, and that pass for Dallin was an absolute cracker. But the amount of errors he makes and how comical they are week to week, if he got rid of those, he'd be outstanding. Yeah. But for now, I stick by what I said before. If Peachy, Farah, everyone was healthy and playing their best football, he'd either be on the wing for me or he'd be playing New South Wales Cup. If he played like that every week and kept the errors out of his game, he's a bona fide first grader. Mm. Not questioning uh, the raw power and the talent and everything else, but consistency and the amount of stupid errors he makes. 
let's put it this way. If Hiku didn't get moved on and Farah and that weren't injured, I probably would have dropped him for cup for a stint. Yeah. That's just my opinion. William Robinson, I'm just concerned of the welfare of Brock's remote after Hayne kicked the ball dead on the first tackle on Saturday. Mm. Well, Hayne, maybe Brisbane will poach Hayne as well. They can have Jared Hayne. That's yeah. one you'd be happy for them to poach, wouldn't you? Absolutely. 100%. Mick Craig, will Dragons make the top eight? Well, we both think no. And I think we've highlighted earlier yeah. why. Uh, Travis Dees with coaches getting fined for speaking out about refs what is being done to rectify this issue with refs and touch well, judges not all getting of them fined yeah no, not all of them no that's uh, as inconsistent as the, the form on the field yeah and he says sidestepping the issue by fining coaches won't fix the problem it won't fix the problem but at the same time I think we've said this before it's the hard. It's a hard job. I think they've got poor leadership. I think there's too many grey areas and things that lead them down this path they should be backed to make calls more often uh, things like the send-offs, the sin bins, all this kind of stuff, even tries. There's way too much there to interfere and blur the lines. As soon as they get something wrong, we're happy to spray them. Coaches are happy to whinge. Players are happy to do so as well. But it's not an easy job, and no one wants to do it, and numbers are decreasing at junior levels, and the standard's probably poor because it's a fear-filled job, and we don't support them. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want to do it either. And, uh, you know, I know a couple of blokes that I played at school or went to school with that have tried to move to those ranks and, what they cop or even when you go to junior football Brock's coached plenty of junior football I've been around some of the younger kids what you see down at park football is disgraceful mm-hmm. um, it's a thankless job and like I said we all bash them but in particular at that level it's not setting any better example for parents and kids who are going down to park football so yeah. if anything I want to see the fines increased no they should if there's an absolute like howler of a call that costs a finals game and a, and a coach wants to unload I'm fine with it but week-to-week stuff with Des Hazard and teams like this, or Ricky Stewart the few weeks previous where he got a good call, or Paul Green the other night where maybe one or two things were bad. To say that's the worst refing performance he's ever seen. Like, Look, the issue is is the fact that the coaches feel as though they have to come out and bag the refs publicly for anything to be done. Yeah. They need to have a system in place that supports coaches who have a gripe, supports the referees' integrity because they don't need to be dragged over the coals like this comes back to the NRL, the governing body, the head coach of the referees, in the fact that they don't... Obviously, the coaches don't feel as though their concerns are being clarified, uh, being fixed. Therefore, they feel as though they've got to throw them under the bus in the public eye. I think it should all be done behind closed doors. Um, that's my opinion on it. It just reached to me that they, the coaches don't have confidence in the refereeing and don't have confidence in the system. So, obviously, the system's broken. Fix it. Yep, fair enough. Con constant. Why Paul Gallen was e- uh, was even put on report for the higher tackle on Shannon Boyd? I think he should have been. I think yeah, I thought that's what he meant. He's missing a word here. He probably should have been put on report with an early guilty plea. I don't know about prize. He probably still would have got off, but yeah, he escaped charge. He probably should have at least got a grade one. Uh, Shane Cook, other warriors cursed. I don't think yeah, they're cursed, cursed by shit form. I about to say just shit culture, bad decisions, wrong hires, and the only person who's really seen to have any success and set everything up, is Ivan Cleary. They had a strong presence, strong group there, good junior development paths, and had the right coach to add discipline and some structure in John Acklin, who was a tough bastard from the 20s, putting those guys up. I don't think any of that's there at the moment. It's wrong on all levels. I'd love to see the Warriors play the Titans at the moment. Oh, toilet bowl. Wow. Absolute toilet bowl. Forrest Bell, Gavin Badger just ref his 300th game. Congrats to him. How do you guys rate his career as a referee solid. in general? Solid. He's been solid, and I think he's one of the ones who relates to the players better, and I think he stays out of the way as much as he can. Mm. Uh, he doesn't dick around or try and act like he's in a massive position of power. I think he's quite reasonable with the players, to be honest. He's yeah. probably one of the ones I don't mind. So, yeah, I'm willing to cop that. But I think that's just about everything. There you go. That's all the fan questions, mate. Done. So, absolute swag of those. We appreciate them. 
uh, for everybody out there. But before we move on to Mr. Gossip and obviously do our tips and get all the dirt brought to you by WilliamHill.com, the charity account made it's hurting this year. Hurting. We had another blunder on the weekend. We got in on the roosters and things weren't looking too bad and then they fell over. Uh, we're going to need to come up with something the next few weeks for the Great Walk Foundation because things aren't looking good. But speaking of them, said it before, say it again. Richmond Residential, they bought an ad at a charity lunch and we did for the Great Walk Foundation. So we read this ad on their behalf because it is for charity. Um, it is a good cause. If you want to check it out, thegreatwalkfoundation.com. They have a Twitter page as well. They help out hospitals, uh, you know, community buses, kitchens, all these kind of things in the Penrith, Blue Mountains and Hawkesbury region. Uh, underfunded hospitals and you know those community buses they're well needed to get people to appointments and there for treatment and getting equipment uh, that the hospitals don't obviously get grants for but great work by Jonathan Green and all those blokes there with the Great Walk Foundation box head yep absolutely and Richmond Residential and Ange paying for that ad outstanding great contribution to the charity so a bit of a plug for them here Richmond Residential they are a strategic financial management consultancy they deliver a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for the commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. They offer financial strategy, equity loans, commercial loans, financial management, mortgage restructuring, I could use that at the moment, home loans, debt consolidation, leasing finance, broking services, real estate investment, you name it, set yourself up, superannuation planning, that's probably something else I should look at doing. Um, but their professionals have a strong client focus and their dedication will help you achieve the financial success that you want. They work with you and for you to get you where you want to be. Contact them today on 02882444000 or follow them on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can get your own complimentary strategy session and visit them at Suite 415 of 33 Lexington Drive, Bella Vista, New South Wales, 2153 Boxhead. Mm-hmm. I think I've touched on this before. You're feeling quite comfortable with your situation. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind a, uh, yeah. a strategy Investment session. eventually. Yeah. Oh, I think superannuation is one I've been looking at a little more at mm. the moment, to be honest. I know still a long time to go, but uh, the way the cost of living and everything's going, I think that's something I'd like to get on top of. Yeah, so fair cool. Big thanks to Ange and Richmond Residential. Check them out there. Great contributor in helping out the Great Walk Foundation, as are William Hill. So next up, Mr. Gossip, Tips Dirt, brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And we are back with everybody's favourite, Mr. Gossip. He's still feeling the effects of flu. Codrill, if you're out there, we've asked a few times. We're going to ask again. Bit of sponsorship for the Mr. Gossip segment, along with WilliamHill.com. Gambling, Codrill, they go together, don't they? Oh, I tell you what, it's uh, it's really knocked me around uh, how our listeners have gone this year with the flu. I've had it twice, twice in two months. So, uh, yeah, not feeling the best, but, uh, yeah, you've got to kick on. Mate, a bit more vitamin C and some B12, I don't know, something, either that or just more beer. More beer. That, yeah, we'll stick with more that. More beer, yeah, more beer. Yeah. I've had too much beer and too much pork crackling and not enough vitamin C. Well, see what happens, mate. See if you can fight it off and get the win. But Codrill, if you're out there, we've mentioned it before, we're here ready and waiting. He's willing to talk. But gossip, mate, it's uh, obviously near the back end of the year, so not a lot cooking, but what do you have? Yeah, I've got a few things here, boys, as you touched on. It does sort of dwindle down towards the end of the season, all the good picks are already taken. But uh, look, I'll start off with a bit of news from the Storm. Um, interested to hear your take on it, Louis. Uh, Hoffman, 33-year-old, playing at the Warriors, been there for a couple of years, in talks with Melbourne. I find it a bit strange. He's 33. What can he offer the Storm? 
depth. Well, I think just depth and he's cheap. Um, Tohu Harris and Proctor. Obviously, Proctor left at the start of the year. Harris will be moving on. Kafusi and Bromwich have uh, been pretty good. And Joe Stimson showed some good signs. But I, I honestly think it's just more that. The, the couple of guys are gone and what's on the market. They'd rather bring him home. He's, he's a favourite of Craig Bellamy and he'll come on the cheap. Yep, mm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's. I don't even think it's probably not start, but yeah, cheap option. Finish up at Melbourne, and like Brock said, depth and mm. Bellamy knows you can rely on him. He knows the system, so um, yeah, that's about the only thing I, I could see out of the situation. Stimson, Bromwich, Kafusi probably all start ahead of him, but they could definitely use him at, at different times, I guess, next year. Yeah, at, at thirty-three as well, I thought maybe he would have chased the money and gone to England, but interesting that he, he'd rather finish up at the Storm. Um, I'm hearing a two-year deal, so they take him to 35, obviously. Maybe a bit too old to head to England after 35, but who knows? Yeah, well, he must be looking to set back up in Melbourne, clearly. Um, and I guess, again, like I said, Bellamy knows him back to front. He was one of his favourites. He, he played with his dad, Jay, and people like uh, him and Hinchcliffe and that he has a real close uh, attachment to. So, um, yeah, can't really see him starting or, or playing every game. Uh, all year, but if he ended up on the bench or if he was there for depth, I'm sure he's happier to finish off at Melbourne and he'll probably move into a coaching role or some kind of other job afterwards. Yeah, for sure. Well, another old boy, Adam Blair, uh, definitely leaving the Broncos. <laughs> There's quite a few um, outlets today suggesting he's going to Newcastle. My mail's completely different. I'm hearing that he's going to the Warriors. Just what the Warriors need, just another bro. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I'll tell you what, Newcastle wouldn't want him, surely. I don't think Nathan Brown would be uh, interested in a player like Adam Blair. I was hearing Warriors and Dragons, and uh, if I was either of those clubs, I wouldn't sign Adam Blair. But uh, if the Warriors were to sign him, that's no surprise, really. Mm. Yeah, probably a good fit. Kearney fits into the bro culture, bro. Oh, yeah, bro. So, yeah, well, the clubs are really scraping at the barrel if they're looking to sign Adam Blair. What do you yeah, think? I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Newcastle don't need him. I, I'm surprised clubs are even looking at him, to be fair. Yeah, but yeah. I guess if you're desperate and you've got cap space there and you can't find someone in the 20s or in reserve grade yeah, to sort of fill that spot, then You know, the other part, fits, though, but, talk mm. of three-year or four-year deals, like, that's... How old is Blair now? Blair's at least 30. Yeah. But three- and four-year deals. Yeah, three- and four-year deals for Adam Blair. That seems a bit crazy. Well, he, he certainly hasn't set the world on fire this year. Nah. All right, boys, the one that's probably been most heavily publicised the past week is Nathan Cleary. The fans are coming out and saying they want to give him a three-year deal. Um, look, all, all I'm hearing is that Nathan's not going to do anything just yet. And why, well, why should he? And I think his decision would also depend on, on who plays next to him. I know he's good mates with Moylan, but uh, geez, he looks good next to Tyrone May. But there's also whispers that Tyrone May could leave. But um, I don't think Cleary should be... In any uh, hurry to make a decision, I'd love to hear your take on it, boys. Should he should he stay that long term deal, or should he wait a couple of years? I'd sign for three. I wouldn't uh, sign for five. And the money they're talking, no, I wouldn't he's going to be five. worth more than that. He's better mates with Tyrone May than he is with Moylan. I know that for a fact. I, I Griffin's got a difficult decision to make because for me, Tyrone May's been their best five eight all year. Like if you judge it on performances, he's played the best in that position than anyone, and it just looks like a foregone conclusion that they're going to put Moylan back in there. Uh, it's just really interesting with how, how it works. You can't move Moylan back to one because Dylan Edwards is going well there. It's funny that Moylan club captain's looking like the odd man out. Um, well, I've said it before, and it's probably not popular opinion to Panther fans because you're actually attached to players, and I'm not. But him and Bryce Cartwright are the two I'm looking at, and for money, 
and how they play at fullback. He's a ball player. He doesn't return the football. He doesn't help you in yardage. Um, you know, he can drift in and out of games. At six, I think he overplays his hand, and I don't think him and Cleary mix. And then you look at a player like a Cartwright. He's had lots of injuries very, very early on. He's quite erratic. He can make errors. He can miss tackles. He can be absolutely brilliant as well. But mm. you got Yo and Harariru and Ira. And Harariru and Ira, since he's come in, has been outstanding. Yeah. He's close to double figures. Yeah, another line break on the weekend and set up one of those tries. So The only way I think it works is if they play May at 13, but Griffin loves playing the bigger bigger forward at 13. So yeah, you could play May at 13 uh, and Moylan at 6 and have, obviously, Cleary at 7 and Edwards at 1, but are you then going to have too many cooks? Could you play May at 9? I, I don't know. If I'm a club out there and we said at the start of the year... We May's pre- the man. We preferred I'm, May. I'm after May all day. I'm looking for Tyron May and I know Ivan Cleary... Well, Ivan Cleary would be all over it. Got Josh Reynolds there and I know he's got Tyson Gamble coming down from the Q Cup. But any clubs that are missing a number six... and I'm I'd gonna, love to see the Titans sign him. I'm going to throw one out there and again, it, it would anger me and pain me to see him there. But if the Bulldogs have got New Brown going there to play nine and mm. I don't really like Matt Frawley, if Kieran Foran and Tyron May were a six and seven combo, that would be yeah. a pretty good start to help the Bulldogs yeah. as well. So... Um, well, well, he's on the contract Tyro made to the Panthers next year, but the year after, obviously, he's, he's off contract. And he's a big guy. I think he's six foot one. I think. Mate, this is a guy that started off as a junior fullback. We said it. Yeah. Well, I said it when we were. Co- I was coaching the twenties. That was three years ago. Two it for years, years ago. That yeah. he, he's, he's the one. He's played everywhere he was told to. They used him as a thirteen. He made forty-four tackles and fifty tackles a game. He played at six. They've used him in hooker. Australian schoolboys under twenties picked him as a lock for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, and I said it before. Little bits and pieces in games. What I like about him compared to Moylan. Moylan's got that Oz tag touch mentality. He's always trying to overplay his hand. It's kicking. It's throwing a cutout part. It's looking for the killer blow. And let me tell you, he's a talented player. I'm not mocking that at all, but Tyron May's got class you can't teach. He, he can not be there for half a game and then he just pops up with a moment. Or twice yesterday when he picked to run the football, he got pulled up once on the obstruction, but the second time gets to the line, does that little pirouette and gets past Tedesco. He's just a, a solid player and he's perfect to put next door dominant number seven like Cleary. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, boys, last one of the night. We touched on this earlier in the year, and that was James Graham to go to the Knights. That all got knocked on the head. But um, I'm hearing that Nathan Brown's been back in touch with James Graham. We all know that the Bullocks are going to shed some uh, cap space for next year. James Graham, if you believe it or not, he's on a back end to deal. $1 million they're paying him next year. So the Bulldogs are trying to offload some cash. Nathan Brown has said, look, we're ready. We'll take him. We're ready to go. So it'd be very interesting to see what happens. So they'd be paying two props, almost $2 million. Getting close. Yep. Wow. And you got yep. Clemmer. Not to mention... Wow. Yeah. Clemmer as well, so there you go. Well, I've got to throw it out there, and I said it earlier, and I still stick by it. I think James Graham, this year, looking at the neck, and just generally, I think he's a little bit past it. He's been a bit beaten up, but as far as a cultural point of view and moving forward, I still think he's good at Newcastle mm. because they got two good bookends, a couple of guys there. But with some of the moves they've made, I don't know... Do they need him now? If in the I'm, front row? Uh, but I don't know if I'm so much keen on the move now with the signings they've made. They've got two Saifidi boys yeah. to play pro. They've they also just, got, they've got some young, big young kids there. Well, I said the other day, and uh, Gossip seen him on TV, Sami Solo played Aussie schoolboys last year, yeah. 19. He's played cut the last few weeks and scored well, some meaties. Like, I don't know if... It, it, for the look, cu- if you could get him for 500 for a year or two... If, yeah. you, if you can get the Bulldogs to take at least Half of three it. or close to three or 400, which I doubt they will... 
I'd be interested. And I'm all say that yeah, because... Keep Aaron Woods, they're going to have to. I love James Graham. And yep. He's been brilliant. But I've watched him this year. The neck surgery, just little bits and pieces. I, I don't know if he fits the style of football even Newcastle want to play. I can understand from a culture point of view and the person and uh, wanting to win and all that, that he'd be brilliant for Newcastle. But I think they've had a win already. I think the players and the way they've spent their money and their kids and you got Tom Starling, Nick Meany, Sami Solo, um, you know, Corey Dennis as well as what they've already got there this year. Mitch Barnett, the Saifidis kicking on, Levi, Brock Lamb. I don't know if I want to spend that much on James Graham. No. Well, they're ready for him if they don't want him. Well, Mm. if they can get him with uh, some of the... Interesting to see how it plays out. If some of the freight's taken, I can completely understand it. But the more the year's gone on and having a neck surgery and just a few little bits and pieces... And also, if they're not going to be able to spend the cap and they can get him, then why not? That's the other reason. Just do it. But I'd only do it for a year, maybe. year or two, yeah, max. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go long-term with what I've seen this and year. Be, as you said, it'd be good to bring those younger kids through. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, it does work, provided that... And I, I wouldn't be paying him a mil. No, and it wouldn't be a three-, four-year deal. No, it two years, max. a year or two, because they definitely have cap space. But mm. um, the Bulldogs definitely have to shed more than what they have. I agree about that. All right, that's it. All right, wrapping us up, mate. Well, tips brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Don't live in the past with all these other ones. You can bet live on your phone with WilliamHill.com. And the old price pump, I mention that every week because I've used it a few times. You get one a day for Mm. uh, horses and dogs. Obviously, don't bet every single day, but if you like something at Flemington on a Saturday or Rose Hill, it comes in handy. But uh, tips last week, Broxhead. You got four, the Titans and the Tigers. They burnt you, along with a couple that we all tipped. I got five, and Gossip, you got five as well. So you're back out on a six-point lead here. It looked very close. Now you're on 102, and we're both on 96. So Hmm. Uh, this is going to be a bit tougher to tip because, again, it's Monday. We don't know about injuries, and and it can't even see the lineups. We're only guessing here, but we'll do what we always do. We'll put our nuts on the line. Hang them out there. But the first game, Thursday night, you got South Sydney versus the Bulldogs. Uh, look at this one. I think this is quite easy. I know Souths haven't been all that consistent, but I can't touch the dogs with a 10-foot pole at the moment, so I'm going to be tipping Souths. I'm tipping the Bulldogs. Wow. Just because I... You're feeling a bounce? I don't know. I just think they're both bad at football, and I need to make up some ground, so I'll tip the doggies. I don't, I don't know. Fair call. They can't be any worse than they were last week. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It's a hard one to pick, but I'll, I'll go the bunnies with a bit of confidence after uh, their win against the Dragons. Yep. So, yeah, put me down for the Dragons. Yeah. I mean, put me oh. down for the bunnies. <laughs> Mate, can't tip anything at the moment. Cross. You should lose a point for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> well, with WilliamHill.com, you've got South Sydney sixty favourites, 235 for the Bulldogs, minus four is the line, 1 to 12 South, $3, 360 Dogs, 13 plus South, 310 $6 the Dogs. Second one uh, for this week, Friday night kicks off. It is the Parramatta Eels who are in good form playing Newcastle, who have been very, very good. And uh, I don't really think this is a foregone conclusion, to be honest. I think Newcastle will give them a game like they've given most teams a game this I think year. It, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Parramatta win, but yeah. uh, the line of 15.5 I don't think is a foregone conclusion. Neither. I'll be back in Newcastle with the line, but yeah, I'll tip Parra. And I'll be tipping Parra as well, but... Again, like I highlighted every single week, the odds in the line shock me purely because they've only been beaten badly a couple of handful of times, like mm. two or three times. They haven't been smashed this year, Newcastle. So no. uh, I'll go Parramatta, but I reckon this would be a good game. Yeah, look, I'm going to go Parramatta as well, boys, only because um, I think they will win. The Knights may have had a chance that the roster wasn't playing. Paul Barson's out for the year, but uh, he's a major loss for them. Yeah. I think Parramatta. 
certainly does hurt. Uh, big spark plug for that team and hopefully it recovers well. We heard yesterday it's not as bad as it initially looks, but there was talk he might come back. That's crazy. Your season's done. You don't yeah. bring somebody back from injury like that. That's just... Yeah, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But with WilliamHill.com, the dollar fifteen Parramatta five fifty Newcastle. And like Brock said, minus fifteen and a half. That's a hefty liner. Wouldn't mind having a nibble at that. One to twelve para three forty six fifty Knights. Thirteen plus para dollar sixty five seventeen dollars the Knights. And the second Friday night game, of course, it's Brisbane. Uh, they're playing the Sharkies up there. Going off what we know prior to the lineups getting named, they were pretty confident Maloney will play this week. So. Mm-hmm. Can't be 100% certain, but more than likely they reckon he was close last week, but they told him no. On the Brisbane side of things, expecting a full lineup besides Offa Hengawi, he got a grade three, five week suspension. He took the early guilty plea. He's going to be missing for three weeks, but I'm not confident in James Maloney's hand from what I saw the other day, how swollen it still looked. I think he might play, but I'm going to stick with Brisbane because it's up there. I'm going to tip Cronulla. I think bounce back, uh, they would have been disappointed with that, and their away record this year is pretty good, so. I'll tip Cronulla. There you go. Gossip, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, look, it's a tough one to pick as well. Um, Cronulla need to get some momentum heading into these finals. They've been playing like busters. I like Hunt at nine. Uh, I think last week he was good, although he was against your hapless Titans, Brocky Poo. But um, I'm going to go the Broncos. There you go. Well, we'll get a better gauge, hope, for this week of how Brisbane are going to play with Hunt, obviously, at nine. We both said the same thing when we reviewed that Titans game. There's nothing you can really read. Uh, into that result and the Sharks definitely need to bounce back and they're going to need Maloney so we'll see tomorrow if he is named but with William Hill $1.45 the Broncos two seventy five for the Sharks so some value there for you Boxhead minus 6.5 is the line 1-12 to 12, Brisbane $3 $4 Sharks 13 plus Brisbane to $77 for the Sharks I think Brisbane's win last week was a bit of fool's gold I think the Titans are mailed it out Yep. Oh, here we go. Speaking of the Titans, they play St. George. So, mm. And we beat him, beat him about five or six weeks ago. Super Saturday. But we're playing a lot better, so I shan't be tipping the Titans. Well, what a special game to start Super Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this is a cracker. This is about as good as uh, wiping your ass with sandpaper at Bunnings. Yeah. But I, I've got no idea because you guys are just dreadful, but you're a lot healthier. But then I'm looking at the Dragons and you see all these guys playing busted and does Dugan play, does Frizzell play, is Packer going to be back? The mm. only thing that's going to make me make my decision here is the fact that if the Dragons have any care factor about playing finals and any sort of passion and drive, they're going to win this week. Titans are bad at football. So I'm going to tip the Dragons. So but George. I have no idea what team they're going to name. I know they're not too healthy, but your mob look like they're already on Mad Monday. They're bad at football. So you're tipping the Dragons. In my power rankings, the Titans are currently last in my power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> By a long, long way. I'm tipping the Dragons, and but it wouldn't surprise me if the Titans won. Exactly. Gossip, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Dragons as well, but anything's possible when Josh McCrone's on your side. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go the Dragons, but uh, you never know with the Titans. Under- understanding how Josh McCrone plays is like understanding Josh McCrone when he talked in an interview with his mouth guard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, outstanding. I, I get the story and it's all well and good, but mate, you've got you've got enough money now that if you lose your mouth guard, I'm pretty sure the club's going to replace it. Your mum's not going to get sake, angry. Josh, at take so it out. Take the mouth guard out. Take it out. Mate. You're a fool and a waste of time. Good night. Oh, uh, but the odds for that one with William Hill, they're heavy favourites again. Considering I, every week they seem to get down around the dollar forty mark, and it blows me away. But the Dragons, the dollar forty eight, two sixty five. The Titans minus six is the line. One to twelve dragons, three dollars, four dollars. The Titans, thirteen plus dragons, two seventy five, six fifty for the Titans. 
Storm Roosters. This one should be a cracker. Uh, it's very likely that Friend and Cordner will both return for this one. For Melbourne, I think the only one who's in doubt again is Munster. They said that grade of ankle sprain may have been a couple of weeks, but they'd see what would happen. I'm just pushing my chips in here, thinking that Melbourne want to win this because this locks up top two minor premiership mm-hmm. and it's at home. So. And it's a bit of payback. They got rolled at the Adelaide Oval late. Yeah, this will be payback. Melbourne will win this game, even though, like I said, Smith or Munster might play a bit busted. I reckon they just go all in and then they rest. So yeah. I'm Storm as well. I think after this week, Melbourne will dip. What do you reckon, yeah, Joseph? Easy, easy one, Storm. Storm at home. Yeah, well, I tell you yeah, what, the Roosters, Roosters look terrible that last forty minutes against me. I know they got some troops out, but uh, just no line speed. There was just nothing happening. Well, they kept getting pulled through the middle, which kind of surprised me. And then that left edge where Orbison, Pierce, and uh, Joseph Manu were. Winnerstein had a bit of a field day playing down that edge, as did Tom Trevojevic. But, uh, yeah, Melbourne to go in all this week and then just rest for the rest of the finals, I reckon, will play things at their own pace. But with William Hill, they are heavy favourites. Melbourne, $1.38, 3.05 of the Roosters, minus 7.5 is the line. 1 to 12, Storm, 2.90, for the Roosters. 13 plus, Storm, 2.58.50 for the Roosters. Now, Closing out with a very important one here, the Panthers. They need to keep winning. They need to make sure they've got this two-win gap maintained before they play Canberra the week after, assuming that Canberra win, which I think they will. But the North Queensland Cowboys, they've had a terrible run of luck, but they beat them last time fresh off origin, and I tell you what, they don't roll over for anybody. And compared to Melbourne, I don't see Penrith uh, anywhere near Melbourne's league and doing what they did the other night. This is a game where they need to make a statement, in my eyes, Penrith, especially if Cooper's out. I'm going to tip the Panthers to get the job done, but I'm not as confident as what I probably should be. And they need to do a bit of a camber, in my opinion, and give us a game to give us some idea that they want to play finals football. Mm, this is the hardest one of the round for me. Uh, oh, I'll tip Penrith, but little confidence. Wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys won. Yeah, it is difficult to tip without seeing the lineups. If, if more than plays, I'm almost tempted to tip the Cowboys because I like May at six. Um, look, I'll go to the Panthers just because they're at home. But if Milan plays, I'd, I'd be on the Cowboys on the punt. But uh, we'll tip Penrith. We'll tip Penrith for the tips. Yeah, well, I'm, if Cooper's out, if Winnerstein's out, and they're already missing all these guys, and they've played up to such a high standard, even though all these guys have been missing, like, this is a game. Like I said, Penrith have to really take this one by the horns and give us some indication that they want to play finals football. But uh, with William Hill, they are the favourites. They're a dollar forty-five, two seventy-five for the Cowboys, minus six and a half. Is the line one to twelve three dollars Penrith four dollars the cows thirteen plus two seventy Penrith seven dollars for the cows and um, that should be a vengeance game after the one they blew last time let's be honest and Sunday you got the Raiders versus the Warriors honestly uh, this doesn't need any discussion if the Raiders the Raiders are serious after what they did last week to the Sharks and they're playing the team in the Warriors who have already gone on holiday they should thirteen plus the Warriors. They yeah. should absolutely hammer them. So. Well, if Newcastle can beat them 13 plus, surely Canberra can. Yeah, I'm on the Raiders. Yeah, Raiders big time. Yeah, I'm not going to go to the Raiders, but this is the type of game that the Raiders typically lose, don't they? They always lose the games that they should win. So, I'll be at, uh, at Ravisi's for this. Bondi would have just finished the city to surf, and I'll be on the punt hard. Raiders 13 plus. Well, and I'll be about eight schooners deep by two o'clock. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair and enough. I will be almost passed out because I would have just run 14 kilometres and dehydrated as hell and I'm going to pour amber ale all over my muscles. Excellent. That's, that's all right. There's carbs in here. It's Car- okay. Carb loading. It's just replenishing. I, I tell you what, I won't be turning up to Ravisi with blue lips like I did last year. I shan't never go that hard again in the city to surf. Mate, 
just here's the key: just go to just go to Ravisi's. Don't run the city to surf. Yeah, could, that's what I, I would do. do. No, I, I've got to do it. Just watch it. Yeah, that's right. Drink just watch it. it. Just do what do what Sharina Williams does and just get a cab. She got a cab for a five k. Yeah. Her charity her charity run. She gets in, gets out five hundred meters before the end, and runs it. Good. She's Sharina Gray Williams. She runs. Grub, Serena. She runs enough for tennis, mate. She doesn't need to run. Run. Good work, Sharina. Uh, the odds for this one were a clean sweep on the Raiders, and William Hill agrees. A dollar forty five, two seventy five the Warriors minus six and a half is a line. One to twelve, three dollars the Raiders, four dollars the Warriors. Thirteen plus two seventy for Canberra Boxhead. So there you go. And thirteen plus for the Warriors is seven dollars. But the last one. It is the Tigers. They've been much, much better since Ivan Cleary took over. They've been in games right until the death, but just can't finish them off. And they're playing Manly. Had that flat spot and then exploded on the weekend, down 18-4. They scored 32 unanswered points. Um, I, I know the Tigers are super competitive, but Manly, the doors opened back up after a few teams losing for top four. So I'm going to stick with Manly. Manly will win. Yeah, Manly got way more to play for. Um, if they play like they did that, they're back in the second half. So is it Leichhardt? Leichhardt. Mm. No, I didn't look on the website. It is, it's Leichhardt. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, it's, it's always a danger Not when they go. Not even Yeah, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. If Manly are serious and they play like they did on the weekend, again, like I said, Sharks dropping points, them and the Broncos both on 13 playing each other, it really has opened the door a little bit for them to at least chase after Parramatta and one of those sides. Brisbane and Eels play each other as well, so... If a couple of them drop and they win their next couple against the Tigers, Warriors and Dogs, which are all possible, the door is slightly open for Manly to possibly go top four. So uh, we're all clean sweep on Manly. And again, William Hill agrees, $1.42 for the Eagles, two ninety the Tigers, minus 7.5 is the line. One to 12 Tigers, four twenty-five, three dollars for the Eagles and 13 plus Tigers, seven fifty, two fifty for Manly. So we're all done and dusted. The only one's different than this week. We are identical. Gossip, Boxhead, you've gone the dogs and uh, you've gone the sharks. So, like you said, Happy with that. you're trying to get the whip out, which is probably smart because I'm not going to gain any points on Gossip by tipping the same. But the next three weeks, I'm, okay. I'm going to get stupid. It's going to happen. I don't, I, don't think my, I don't think my tips are stupid. I just think Canterbury and South, who knows? I think Canterbury are probably... Desi needs a win. More than Madge does. Madge got his win last week. Yeah, so. Madge is also not answering to a board and the owner likes him, so I think he's fine. Yeah. That's a different circumstance. Oh, Desi, right now. Hopefully Crichton and Sam Burgess don't play. Well, oh, that's half the problem with not having lineups yeah. that I'm worried about. Oh, I thought that might have been the case last week, so I uh, have to wait and see what happens there. But gossip, mate, fingers crossed that the Penny Panthers can keep battling on for you, and then the week after, hopefully a blockbuster. Them and the Canberra Raiders fighting. That could have some real ramifications for the finals, and then possibly another one the week after if the Dragons can grab a win when they play the Dragons. <coughs> yeah, well, I'm actually looking forward to next week because the Raiders are the team that, that knocked us out last year. So a um, bit of revenge next week. But, um, yeah, hopefully we can get the Cowboys this week. That would be great. No worries, champion. Thank you, as always. And a big thanks goes to WilliamHill.com. If you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it. With William Hill, Boxhead, I think I agree with you. Raiders 13+. plus. Yep. The charity bet, and we're going to push that into something else, maybe. Yeah. We, Raiders 13 plus, just get on. That's one leg of it, but yeah, if anyone out there. Raiders 19 plus, sure, we'll get a good price on that. If they're legit, they should go ape shit this week, Canberra. They should. If they're dead serious. But gossip, cheers, champion. Good luck with the Penny Panthers, and we'll talk to you next week. Have a super week, guys. See you, champion. See you, buddy. See you, mate.
box head. That wraps us up, champion. We're done. We're all done. All the fan questions, plenty of them. Much appreciated, as always. Set of six power rankings. We've locked in our top eight. Uh, we reviewed the games from the weekend. We've done our previews, got the dirt and everything. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. Thank you to them for backing our charity account. Like we said, we're going Raiders 13 plus and possibly put that in with something else and try and cook up some odds because we need to win badly. We do. For the Great Walk Foundation. Uh, check them out. Give them some support. And a big thank also goes to Richmond Residential for jumping on board and helping out with the charity as well. Always trying to uh, help out where we can here at the fifth and last. And everyone's interest in those shirts. We're going to do something probably closer to the back end of the year. Get some actual serious interest on a couple of posts and some inboxes and get some numbers before we order anything like we said. So, um, yeah, just have to be a bit more certain of numbers. Uh, before we go purchase or do anything like that. Everybody out there, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it only takes a couple of minutes. It doesn't even take a couple of minutes. Please rate, review us on iTunes. Give us a bit of feedback. Feel free to inbox us. Hope you enjoy the show. We love doing it for you. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.